This entire season of Retronauts is fully funded by listeners like you thanks to Patreon. If you'd like to find out how you can help and get episodes a week in advance, head on over to patreon.com slash retronauts. Thanks and enjoy the show. This week on Retronauts. We get Everybody, it's me, Bob Mackey, for Retronauts uh, episode. You figure it out. I don't know yet. And today's topic is uh, listener mail, not viewer mail. I keep writing that, but you guys, I hope you're not watching this podcast. That'd be weird. Uh, so who I do we put have? On my clothes. <laughs> who do we have in the room today? Let's go around the table, starting right here. Hi, I'm the artist formerly known as Jeremy Parrish. And who is sitting right next to Jeremy? Uh, Chris, the male booty Antista. Uh, were you given that title, no, Chris? Or I, are you I, allowed I, to sit, call yourself that? I don't I know. I opened up an old 80s wrestling book, and there was someone, a wrestler called the Male Booty, and I looked into it, and he's dead. It's mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think you have to kill him and eat his brain to gain his powers, though. That's how it works in wrestling. I, right? I don't know. That's squatter's rights. You can squat on the Male Booty okay. and claim I'll it as your, your own. skull, literally. <laughs> or, or kill his pet snake. That's all I know. Uh, and who else is here? And Ray Barnhold. Yay, it's Ray Barnhold making another appearance. I love when Ray comes back. Thanks for coming back, Ray. Yeah, no problem. So today's topic, like I said, is uh, listener mail, and you're wondering— Terrible game. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> all that sorting, all that—and uh, then you eventually go nuts because you work at the post office. Pop and there are, there are no right answers to the dialogue prompts. <laughs> That's true. Talk about retro. Who remembers post office massacres? Wow. Stay tuned for that episode. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I do want to talk about why I'm doing this. It's not just because I'm lazy, although that's part of it. Uh, you guys rarely get a chance to reach out to us um, because we record shows erratically like every three months in short bursts. So it's hard to keep up with you guys. So I like to check in like once a year to see how you're doing and, you know, to field <laughs> questions because, you know, we can't like always respond to every comment. <laughs> how you doing, kids? Bob pulls up in a convertible. <laughs> It's time to go. So, uh, before, <laughs> geez. before I get started, though, I do want to talk about um, retro releases. We did this last year. Uh, again, we record the show erratically, so we don't always get a chance to, you know, check in on what's coming out. And thankfully for us, th- there's not a lot to cover. So once a year is pretty much good for covering retro releases. So let's go into that right now. So retro releases, I think I want to let Jeremy talk about the first one on my list because um, it's the, the closest one that just came out, and hopefully this episode will come out soon, but it's The Misadventures of Tron Bon, hmm. and that just hit PSN for the the princely sum of five ninety nine. I don't Compared know. Compared to the retail sum of what, like $300 before, previously? Yeah. So um, we, we will already have talked about this on our Mega Man episode that has already aired as of this airing, but oh my has God. not yet been recorded. We're out of time. This it's, is after the Mega Man announcement. game announcement. I've gone all Kurt Vonnegut on everyone. <laughs> well, yes. well, even Chris knows. <laughs> on, on second time? I see. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, Misadventures of Tron Bon is awesome. You should go listen to our Mega Man episode, and we'll tell you all oh, about it. Oh, we're going to talk about it then? Okay, cool. We will have talked about I gotta it. i got to say, I love all, it. Will and On have talked about it. And, okay. And I, I streamed it with Laser Time. Terrible plug, but I wanted to get it in there. Check out that YouTube, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that game, but the box-pushing segments can always go to hell in any the game. The box-pushing pushing segments. Actually, they're, they're box-carrying segments. Oh, I'm sorry. And <laughs> that makes it better. They're, oh. they're simple. You, you don't even have to really. <laughs> like Shenmue. Spend uh, much time with them. Like getting through them is easy. I guess and you then, can just skip that part of the game. You can't really skip it. You do have to like earn up enough money. Okay, you know? I don't remember playing. But that they're much of it, they're but quick and painless if you just really go cute. for the gold. If you really want to perfect it and get you know everything, that can be challenging. But I'm I'm not you know a big Sokoban fan. But I I like the little box carrying segments. Maybe because you can put down a box and accidentally squish a serve bot, and he's mm. like. Rah! That, that, that's that's one of the good parts of it. I just I can't do box pushing or carrying or whatever the hell. It's the Sokoban of our of this generation. You just generation. think you're too good for blue collar work. <laughs> but those of us hey, who grew up in the hard times know. I went to eight years of college to turn this collar white, and that's that's what, what I stand by. <laughs> so I guess could have just I, used Tide with bleach. I think we forgot yeah, how, how could have saved so much money. How cute the art design is in Tronbon. I never I never oh. get, I was just thinking ugly textures, and then I. You know, firing it up recently. This is really cute. Like the cops that run around, I think that's all really adorable and kind of stuff I don't see in modern games. It has it has the most charming alien mm-hmm. uh, homage ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. pretty. I mean, it's a very very late PlayStation One game, but I think it looks great. Um, mm-hmm. They really had that system figured out, didn't it? Yeah, Wait. Even even though it has a it clearly had a much lower budget than the regular Mega. Oh Man yeah. Games. Yeah. Every, did, a lot they, of they did a good job of of making cuts in the right places. And I think this game came out in, what, May of 2000? No, yes. I Something don't. like that. I think I got this, uh, the game, the same day I started my first job at Taco Bell, yeah. which lasted uh, three weeks. So th- <laughs> I, I associate this game with smelling like a taco. That was during the Chalupa launch, right? Fighting mm-hmm. um, times. It was, it was when Chalupa Mania was taking off. <laughs> yeah. Um, we Chalupa Ventures had... at Trombone. I don't know if they still have Chalupas. <laughs> yeah. It, I... They do. Okay. Of course they do. Sorry, I have to know It's probably just called something else now. (laughs) It's just caked in Dorito dust. (laughs) Yeah. So up next on our list, we have uh, Mario Kart DS. And I've been playing a lot of this on the Wii U. It doesn't look great, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Did you before? I did before. But one thing I like about this game is that um, I think it's the most skill-based Mario Kart Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, You have to work for every power slot. It has the best handling, the best physics, the Mm. best, uh, I feel like, Track modeling, uh, like every everything came together. It's it's really a shame that it is so low resolution. Because if you played on the gamepad, it looks fine. But man, on a, on a big TV, oh. I'm like, what are these abstract? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like you you've suddenly gone pointillist. It's you know Wait. Sunday afternoon racing carts on the island of Grand Jot. It, Mario Kart I don't DS. know any of those words. <laughs> <laughs> it was an art reference. Okay, it looks okay. a little better than I thought it would, like because I guess they bumped the resolution, but you know they don't they, they, they don't bump the textures. <laughs> So well, I'm not seeing feet. I'm not seeing huge squares on my TV though. I'm seeing like the pol- oh. the polygonal figures are like clean, like cleanly like defined. Mm. Mm. Maybe I, you just have pixelated like corneas. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. You're such a retro gamer. Yeah, I'm I'm like one of the all all bed. <laughs> I'm so retro. I destroyed my eyesight. Yeah. Uh, any any other thoughts on this game? Wait, uh, you said the DS? The right? DS one came out. Yeah, on, on, uh, Wii, U? on Wii U. Yeah, yeah for virtual when did they console. They start doing that. Recently. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like they promised like a year ago they were going to put DS games and they finally started. Yeah, I never noticed. See, that. it's not like they bother telling anyone. You just show you just, you know, check into the Wii U shop and be like, uh, I guess I can buy this now. Okay. I think that's it's that's so cool. weird that they think that has to be a selling point for the Wii U. But we got we got old portable though. games here. <laughs> yeah. That's why they put it's, them it's out. It's the wrong system. It is. <laughs> but I mean, Bobby, you forgot to mention the most important factor to this oh, reissue. Are you talking which about is, no? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, like the the big selling point of Mario Kart DS. Yes, it was the best Mario Kart to date at the time, 
but a big part of its appeal was that it had Snaking. online multiplayer action. Yes, and snaking. <laughs> snaking. <laughs> okay, so so like in this period between uh, the launch of the game and the discovery of snaking, it was amazing. <laughs> there was like a year in there where it was oh, really there awesome. There was a year? Oh, my God. I, I thought Maybe it was, it was a lot months, sooner. I don't yeah. know. Um, it, it was short of it's, – it's the thing I, I, I judged Nintendo very harshly because they never fixed their online. And I got the game late. And by the time I did, it's like, oh, it's already ruined. And I go in and just like, oh, this is not playable anymore yeah. online. This will never be addressed, updated – at inception, however, or yeah. conception, or whatever, it um, it was it was really good, and a big part of the appeal of the game is racing other people. Yeah. But you can't do that in any way on Wii U. Not only can you not go online, you also can't do local multiplayer for what I think are obvious reasons. You're not going to like get a, <laughs> like a, a daisy chain of Wii U's in the room. I would like to see that though. That, that, that's, that's why they took the head-to-head feature out of future Bushido Blade games mm. because like no one no one links their consoles together. That's just nonsense. They, even even for Halo, I'm sorry, EGM, that's all a lie. <laughs> no one does that. So they, they took out the functionality. So having having the lack of online functionality or any multiplayer functionality whatsoever for Mario Kart DS is, is a big blow. I mean, it's still a really well-made Mario Kart game, but if you're going to play a Mario Kart game on Wii U, why would you pick that one? <clears throat> there are others to choose from. That's the thing. It's an advertisement for Mario Kart 8. <laughs> is it? Oh, if you love Mario Kart 8 so much... I paid $10 maybe... on this game, and it kind of isn't very good, so maybe yeah. I should spend 60 on the other one. You, that's exactly what Nintendo wants you to do. That's the whole thing I, I with guess, virtual console now. I guess Nintendo win, won me over for, on this because I had low expectations, and I was like, of course the, the multiplayer is not going to work. And that's not a good excuse, but it, I just expected this to not happen because other re-releases have not had multiplayer, mm-hmm. you know, online multiplayer... If, if Virtual Console now is just an advertisement for current games, why do we keep getting so many Mega Man games? Mm. Oh. I'm only talking about Nintendo's oh, case. Mysteries. <laughs> like, they first showed that DS capability with Brain Age, so I'm wondering, you know, are we going to see a Brain Age on Wii U next? Maybe. So, I don't think we're going to so, see anything on Wii U. So by that logic, is, is Konami promoting the Egovania game because they re- they're releasing no, all the No, I just said Nintendo. Just oh, sorry, Nintendo's sorry. case. Just Nintendo, got it. Sorry. Because they only put out like things that s- sold well before to begin with, like New Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart and like <laughs> Yoshi's Touch and Go, which was a launch DS game. And of but course, everybody would buy that. We will never see Yoshi's Island for mysterious reasons that will never yeah. be revealed to That's, us. That, yeah. So moving down the list, we have, and this is just uh, something I'm throwing a bone to the fans out there because I personally don't like this game, but it, I feel like it's the best in the series. And mm-hmm. by the way, these are all releases of 2020. 15, I didn't go back to 2014. This is just what's happened between uh, then and the end of May. So You're going to talk about the original Dark Souls, Kingfield, right? Uh, that wasn't in 2015, but oh, I have I something similar okay. to it. But uh, the next game is Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest. I got to say, these are not games that are fun Your to favorite me. Favorite series, yeah, I know. But um, uh, Chris loves Diddy Kong, so maybe he can talk oh. about it. This is this is his quest. <laughs> this is his titular game mm-hmm. uh, before he was abandoned for a giant dumb baby <laughs> in the next in the next game. So uh, uh, maybe you can talk about it, Chris. Diddy's the only amiibo I own. Because um, <laughs> I graded him as Smash Brothers. And don't you fight as like a pink Diddy? Pink in Diddy. Smash okay. I'm a pink Diddy always. Love the color pink. Glad we yes. can re embrace it. Is it short? Like, do you shorten it to P Diddy? Pete. Never pink thought of Diddy. that, but I feel what? like I'm infringing oh, on man. something. Yeah, you got to watch it. Um, I, I, for some reason, I love this game, and it's. I got a girlfriend briefly. 
at the time the game. What was that like? This game was out. I can't remember because I was on the lava level and she kept calling me, so I <laughs> broke up with her in the middle of because it was a rental. I had to get through it. And um, I, see, sometimes women just don't understand, Chris. Yes. If you want to know my commitment to Diddy Kong's quest, that is it. So, and sorry, you Megan. sacrificed personal relationships to help Diddy on his quest for what bananas? I guess. And I, I, I wish it wasn't such a hacky joke. I saw her recently on Facebook, and she looks very happy with her girlfriend. <laughs> so maybe Diddy quest. Helped her find her true identity. Oh, men? Really? <laughs> or maybe you turned her off of men forever. That's entirely possible. He could have conquested a... me, but instead he. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, Bob, the, the title is Diddy's Kong Quest. Diddy's Kong Quest? Yes. Oh, it, oh, the pun. The pun. It was yeah, so bad it, it escaped me. Diddy's wow. Kong yeah. Quest. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Thank you, Oh, my God. Yeah. 20 years, and I finally get it. <laughs> See, I knew you'd come That's, around to the DKC. That seems to be happening more and more. Like, I see people, you know, our age and lower just figuring that out. It's like, oh, it's Kong. Oh, oh, see, mind I, blown. Wow. I had it as Diddy's, Diddy's. What do you mean? The clouds are the same with the boys. During, hey, during my brief. We're blowing too many minds right at now. At a publisher, it's like, just drop the subtitle. No one's ever going to call it that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, like we I will call it, call it that once. That. Now, uh, two, three. But it was it was two. It was very well, easy to say DKC2. Our game is made by cheeky Brits. It's so. kind of like uh, Disney, Disney's epic War Inspectors, Disney's epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two game of the year edition gold plus platinum Uh more inspectors disney's epic mickey i I wrote wrote more about that game than anybody on the planet wow okay and disney was like no no no, it's disney's epic mickey and like yeah everybody knows that and like no that's a title like no it's not that's that's not the way our anybody will google it and that's not the way our readers will read it it's epic mickey but the brand chris the brand i'm sorry i'm not putting the trademark symbol over anytime i write it write about the title it's been been a while since uh pr has contacted me to say no if you look the title should always be in all caps yeah yeah yes (laughs) they've gotten past that and then oh man a couple pub only that it was thq i can say that they're the only people who 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 email us like could you mention that we're the publisher more It really mean a lot. I to haven't us. read about games in a long time, so I, I feel I feel weird. Being it's able cool. To reminisce about this. One thing about Diddy Kong is, uh, like in the I think it was the late '90s, maybe early 2000s. Uh, Puff Daddy changed his name to P Diddy, and I was Diddy. like, you can't do that. Like yeah. this is an established character. Was he not aware of this? Like I didn't see him wearing a Nintendo baseball say, cap no, at any time. Diddy Kong is Diddy K, not P Diddy. It's, but they're Diddy characters. has a has a defined meaning for most people in this universe, and it is True. a tiny monkey. So you have to be you have to be a puff lion. Yeah, that's, that's your only option. But what if yeah? What if Snoop Dogg named himself like P Kong or something or <laughs> like S Kong? It's like wait no, there's another Kong. There's there's several Kongs. Come on, let's 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 get better. Now anyway. that, that that's a brand problem, people. That is a brand problem. Did so you, you don't like this series, baby? It's okay. But uh, this came out like what less than a year after. Mm, yeah, really I think quickly. I think it was like ninety five. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was a year after yeah, they okay. they annualized it for a while. But you you forgot to mention that when that game came out on Virtual Console, all the Donkey Kong Country games came out on Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. Not just the Super NES ones, but also the Game Boy ones. Oh which yeah, well I'm talking you could, about you could buy and compare <laughs> and say like. Oh. Those are neat. <laughs> those are neat. Can really feel though. sad for handheld gamers of the '90s. I think. Yeah, it's like it's, playing. Um, it's it, it. That is abstract. Like Mario Kart DS on a mm-hmm. on a 46 inch screen. Yes, that's abstract. But man, those those debabelized graphics <laughs> reduced to four colors on a 160 by 144 green I screen. Mike, oh, wow, think, what are you even looking at? VG Empire might have done a whole show. The What's the best thing about Donkey Kong Country, those old ones? The music. The music still holds up is pretty great. Uh, the the music conversion for the Game Boy ones is also amazing. Oh, I'm sure it is. I, I'm i surprised. That's that, that system does not have a lot of great music. 
Um, that's not a fault of the system. The system actually has a really good. Does it? it has a good music chip. Yeah, like oh, when you, when you have a Game Boy game in mm-hmm. the hands of capable composers and programmers. I had a friend who was in a band that was like when I do my Game Boy World videos, I mm-hmm. tend to just like let the the uh, the episodes begin with the title screen because some of the title screen music mm-hmm. in those games is just like. I just want to listen to this for ten I'm, minutes. I'm probably not giving them a fair shake. You're not. But I did. I did love we the, hearing. The, was it Donkey Kong Land? Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, the the music is amazing. Transit uh, like conversions of the uh, the uh, who's it? David Wise music from yeah. the SNES ones. I I SNES. I've never heard that before. SNES. Um, I, SNES. I do wish that we could have gotten the uh, DK rap in uh, Game Ooh. Boy mm. Game Boy Fidelity. Well, you can have that on the DK64, which is also available, right? I don't know if that it was is, this year. Yes, that was actually released before. No, maybe it was after. It was it was like the first N64 game they released on Wii U, though. Wow. <laughs> what, what an honor. For some reason. So before let's, Mario Kart, for Super Mario 64. Like I no. So if you've got to play Don- one Donkey Kong Country game, um, <laughs> play this one. And I'm sorry if uh, I'm offending people. I don't personally care for this series, but this seems like the most... Um, Tropical Freeze? You're not? Oh, um, I, oh, I like that game a lot. I'm talking about the old Donkey Kong I games. See. Yeah, yeah. Tropical Freeze is great. You can play that too, but it's also $60, not $8. Or it's free with Club Nintendo. I don't know. Or it's it's Club Nintendo. No what, is, what is that? What are it's, you talking about? It's over. It's long over, isn't it? Mm. We'll be by this is on the air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hope you got your points out of that. So next game, uh, one of Jeremy's favorites, I think, is uh, Kalanoa 2 Dream Champ Ooh. Tournament, which I think came out for Game Boy Advance in like 2006, right? Something crazy like that. Yeah, it was end of life. I mean, it actually came out in Japan in like 2003, and then for whatever reason, at the very ass end of the Game Boy Advance's life, yeah. Namco was like, let's release some of these old games. They also did a Mr. Driller game. Yeah, Mr. Driller right, 2, yeah. which was Driller. a J- Japanese launch game for GP. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like five years later. Pump it out in 2005. Yeah, that's a Stewie Griffin game. <laughs> so what makes um, what makes this Klonoa good, Jeremy? I, I think you like it a little more than me. Well, um, all Klonoas are good, so I'm not. I don't. What about Klonoa Heroes? What about Klonoa Beach that was okay. Volleyball? You play Klonoa okay. Heroes? Yeah. Huh. Weird. <laughs> well, there you go. I played the ROM and I didn't like Bob, yeah. I've played all the Klonoa games. Okay, I, I believe There's only you. like six. <laughs> even even the Wonder Swan. <laughs> I, that was twice as many as I was Although expecting. Although the, the Wonder Swan game is actually where the Game Boy Advance games That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. So yeah. was this originally a Wonder Swan game? No, okay. um, they're all different, but they're all based around the same principle, which is, hey, you can't do that spinny cinematic 2.5 polygon thing on a handheld system without polygons. So why don't we take these games and really focus on the puzzle platforming element, which is something that really only showed up in like the very last levels of the uh, the PlayStation original. So they really focus on that, and um, each of the handheld games kind of builds on the last. Um, I don't think uh, Dream Champ Tournament is as complex and difficult as some of the, the stages in Empire of Dreams, the first Game Boy Advance one, but some of those, like the EX bonus levels, were just like... Oh, I feel like someone there hates me. <laughs> it was um, anyway. So yeah, it's good. It has a really nice graphics. Um, it has these uh, forward scrolling stages that really kind of push the Game Boy Advance's uh, tech to about as as far level as you'd expect. Like they look really nice, uh, comparable to you know Gunstar Superheroes or something. Um, so uh, so it's really good. Yeah, it's like eight bucks on Virtual Console. Yeah. I, I really yeah. recommend it. It's, it's puzzle nice. platforming and some action. The boss fights are unique because instead of just fighting bosses, it's more like a race, and you have to complete puzzle platforming challenges before the boss does. So um, hmm. it's uh, it's different, uh, but I, I really like the games, and I, I think that was you know uh, that's pretty much the finale to the series. They did a Klonoa remake for Wii, but. Um, 
that's that's the last original game that we'll ever see in the Chrono yeah, series. Yeah, I like that remake too. I'm glad they didn't make him like totally bad at like they wanted to originally. <laughs> they tried to make him look like a Sonic the Hedgehog character, but uh, and then people everyone was like exploded, no. <laughs> and then no one bought it because because the fans were the ones who said, "Don't make him cool and sellable. Make him you know charming and cute." And then it came to market, and no one wanted to charming and cute. Yeah. But if you bought the game, hmm. you got a, ta- a coupon for a Wahoo Taco, so that's great. A Wahoo Taco. A Wahoo's Taco. Yes. What is a Wahoo's Taco? Uh, Wahoo is a chain of taco restaurants in like SoCal. I've but never every, seen this. This this is one of those this is one of those weird um like when PR and marketing makes a decision and they don't really think <laughs> beyond their neighborhood, they're like, what would be cool for us? I know. Let's put a taco coupon for a, a sort of local regional chain for every game that's going to be shipped across the country. So, you know, you live in Connecticut. What the hell good is a Wahoo Taco coupon for you? Even here in San Francisco. I've we don't have Wahoos one, yeah. here. Yeah. No, it's like an L.A. thing. Wow, wow free cactus cooler. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was just the weirdest marketing choice. Like Pizza Hut and Ninja Turtles? Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I get Pizza it. Hut's are everywhere. Wahoo. And they're making it great. Like, okay, it's funny. Wahoo. Klonoa says Wahoo, but guys, come on. You're not thinking this through. <laughs> you get one free ch- uh, small child's root beer at A&W. That, that, that was just uh, kind where of, are they? I that don't was know. kind of the, the Klonoa thing in general. Like, it was so well intended. Uh, and not so, for everybody. <laughs> so, so charming, but really, it was just for a tiny audience. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they don't make him anymore. I'm glad that uh, his adventures are still made available in some way. Uh, so yeah. up next, we have uh, Mega Man Battle Network 3. Ah, terrible. I, terrible. Chris doesn't like it. <laughs> no, that's where like, I gave up on the series. I don't like the Battle Network series at all. So. I, I, f- I feel like this is – I played up to this, and this is the one I like the most. But they are basically the same game. Yeah. Um, and it was but, kind oh, of shocking. I have a secret, though. Oh, what's the secret? So is every other Mega Man game. Uh-oh. In fact, <laughs> so, that's what makes it a Mega Man. Except Misadventures no. of Tron Bon, well, yeah. sir. I would, if I had to sir, speculate, I'd say sir, those are discarded sir. pieces from other Dash games. Ooh. If Good I had to guess. Okay. There's only two other Dash games. I know. But I would, if I had to guess. No. <laughs> like, the box moving, that, there's there's no place in any other Mega Man game where it seems like, oh, yeah, this it's, is where Mega breaks, Man has to carry boxes around. It, but, it not, but Tron Bon might have been in that game. Well, I'm glad we're sticking on topic. <laughs> I, my bad, my bad. I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. I One just, day we'll discover the truth about Tron Bond. I, I don't know. And I, we'll be the ones to break it. I, I, I don't really have too much to say about Mega Man Battle Network 3, except yeah, I, mean, I really liked the first two games, and I was looking forward to the third. And the com, you know, the, the mechanics were more complex and more interesting. Mm-hmm. But, my God, that was the point at which I do. It was just like the story is so insipid and so yeah. stupid. I, 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 you know, I'm okay playing RPGs just for the mechanics, but there's so much dialogue and so much talking uh-huh. and so much of this, like, stupid kid running around doing stupid <laughs> shit. I believe his name is Lan. Lan, <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the part where, okay, the, the, the problem is that I'm sorry, I'm sorry I recommended this game, by the way. No, it's, it's, it's a good game mechanically, but again... Um, it just yeah no, like no, every please. everything in the universe happens around the internet which includes mm-hmm. in this game a trip to the zoo that's right yeah where all the animals go berserk but it turns out all the animals are robots and you like stop the bears from mauling people by going in and hacking the bears which is much <laughs> uh, this is, and this at, is at some point there's like a, a robot vulture puts a kid on top of a like a light pole or something and you have to hack I think I do the remember light that. pole or something to get the kid down it's yeah. just I, I was where that I, was the point where where I was just like you know what I can't keep doing this. If I were working at Capcom around that time, Hack the Bears would have been the marketing slogan that <laughs> yeah, yeah. launched the entire campaign. Too bad there, there weren't hashtags around this time. Um, That's the one bullet point on the back. Hack the Bears hack and the bears. create Point a new up. society. 
Oh, man. So I don't know. I mean, Jeremy uh, has some problems with this. I feel like you can only play one of these games. I remember I bought the first yeah. one, and I liked it. Then I bought the second one, and I, and I started playing it in the car, and I was like, did, did they put the first game in this box? Like, because it was so, like, all the sprites were the same, like, the, the backgrounds were the same. It just felt like I, now I want you really to take that I, I admit that that was a very grumpy time in my life. If I went <laughs> back now, I'd probably be more chill about it. Like and and I, I could probably recognize the fact that it was, like, the culmination of those first three Mega Man Battle Network games. And starting with four is when they reinvented the series a bit in, like, weird and inappropriate ways. Or not inappropriate, but just unwelcome ways. And uh, everything went to hell. So if you're going to play the Battle Network games, you might as well play three. Just just bear through it, if you'll mind, if you'll, if you'll <laughs> forgive the pun. <laughs> the story's really dumb. <laughs> Again, don't make any hashtags like all for this your criticisms game. about Mega Man Battle Network... Had you not said Battle Network, still applies to regular Mega Man. Reuse sprites. The backgrounds are the same. Yeah, but you don't have to. You don't have to care about that because it's good. Clean, it is. Fun. It's, it's a solid. It's a solid. The, game. the, the RPGs know. require more of a time commitment and investment. My yeah. brief period of working at Capcom has made me traumatized over the words Mega <laughs> and Man together in the same. In the yes, same sentence. yes, totally. But then, like everybody, we need another game. I'm like, there are 700 Mega Man games you've never played, <laughs> and they're all exactly the same. Try the high tech expressions uh, PC <laughs> ports and get back to me. <laughs> uh, so up next we have um, Paper Mario for the Wii U eShop, the first oh, Paper Mario ooh, game. Ooh. Really great. Uh, it looks kind of cruddy now, but but um, I think it's still holds up like uh, I played it recently and I liked it a lot I don't think it looks that cruddy I think that was mm. um, one of the few N64 games whose visuals actually hold up pretty well because yeah yeah they they went so stylized with it it, it looks good. Well, I, I haven't actually seen the um, the on console emulation how does that look for N64 they, they make it smoother and, and they clean uh, it up yeah so the, have you seen it on emulator I'm guessing right like it runs oh like 60 frames a second and kind of too mm. gorgeous no fog I don't know Mario 64 looked a lot better when I played it it on, does um Wii U, yeah, okay. for sure. It still looks like Mario 64, but I don't know how. But the frame rate's like I don't the know. Frame if rate's so that. much better. Okay, like, I, I went back and I've I've been playing some N64 games on a like a modded N64, so mm-hmm. it it works really like clean and and well on 16 a, expansion uh, pack stacked on top. Yeah, of that. exactly. <laughs> no, it just it looks really good on the uh, on, a, on an HD TV, mm. and you know it's still fun, but yeah, the frame rate is like it's you know like 10 frames a second for Mario 64. Yeah, you have a modded 64. You guys should do it all. It's just an RG, a, it's RGB mods. You have it a guide for that? Like, performance. I was thinking of, like... Yeah, I go have, to eBay and buy one. No, no, I have all my old consoles, but I don't know how... I just I just got a 4K television, and I want to uh, up these things as much Man, as possible. Man, you should play Mario Kart DS on that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say lines. play Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Land on it, and then... Uh, I should do it, film it, and then juxtapose it with the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey, because <laughs> that's exactly what I'm envisioning. <laughs> that's what it feels like, like, I think, yeah. You, you become a space baby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, uh, moving on. Uh, anything else to say about Paper Mario? <laughs> we didn't even talk about We just that. made oh, jokes sorry. about it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's, it's, I mean... Uh, well, I, it's an actual good one on this list. I will say, just like... Kidding, oh, come on, Ray. I'm just kidding. I will say, like, I don't know... Like, I don't like where the Paper Mario series went after this one and the GameCube one. Um, FU Sticker Star. Yeah, I don't like Sticker Star. It was like, hey, remember Sierra games? Well, they're back, and you don't like them again, still. Uh, I feel this like is the only person who liked that game. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, it's, it's how much I like the original Mario RPG and how much Paper Mario took from that and Thousand Year Door. Or the I thought Mario t- RPG was kind of poopy, actually. I, I, I love like it. it got I just, good with Mario RPG it or made Mar- me, Paper Mario. It gave me the patience to learn more about RPGs because of the way you interacted during the turn-based battles. And I like that the Mario series was kind of the only RPG series to do that for a Except long time. Legend of, Dra- Legend of Dragoon. Let's man. not talk about that. 
See, I don't yeah, I don't know anything about that, but I, I although there that. are some fans out there, I, I assume I just made a few people angry by saying. But that. Sticker Star kind of <laughs> removed that. It removed the ch- like I don't know. I think one of the only unique gameplay elements of the entire series. I have bigger problems, but that will be on our Sticker Star episode when I am like fifty. Great so. theme song. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the music in that game mm-hmm. so great. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful soundtrack. At least um, that was a good part of that game. Fabulous. Yeah, the thing I really loved about Paper Mario was mm-hmm. the part where. You're just like you know going on your quest, and all of a sudden Mario gets thrown in jail and accused of murder. I was like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what just oh, yeah. happened? This that, game turned really dark. That's yeah, in this game. You were accused of murdering a, a penguin. penguin I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it's finally all those <laughs> that that horribleness you did in Mario 64. I was going to say we all threw that baby finally penguin. came back to you. I. I would be positive that that sequence was somewhat inspired by <laughs> Mario 64 and watching people drop the baby penguin off. We'll show you <laughs> penguin side. Yeah, it had to be. Mm. Or I don't know. What, what, it can't be a coincidence. Yeah. So um, I say get it. Everybody, yep. Paper Mario, good game. Do it. It's good. So uh, to round out our list, there's not a lot, so I just threw on two weird From Software games that I, I probably, I, I don't know if Ray played any of these. No, nope. Echo Knight. Don't look at me. Echo Knights. Anyone play this at all? Anyone? Um, no? That the, the Sega Knights, I know. It's like I'm asking people if they watch It's Echo the Dolphin and Knights into Dreams together in one team up. You mm. win from It's somewhere. like Battletoads and Double Dragons. Uh, it, is the, it is the new ultimate team. It, oh, is, it is not that. It is a oh. It is a very strange like first-person adventure game hmm. built with the King's Quest engine. Kingsfield. Oh, sorry. Kingsfield, you're right. Damn it. <laughs> Kingsfield engine. I'm, I'm moderately King sick today. I would love to see the King's Quest engine turned into a first person. <laughs> that would be frustration. That would be interesting. <laughs> but uh, in this game, I, I played a few hours of it last night. It's um, it's kind of horror, kind of adventure in that like you're exploring this uh, abandoned ship and meeting ghosts and solving their problems. But occasionally you'll run into the like Pac-Man. Uh, well, oh, <laughs> I think the ghost problem in Pac-Man is that they they uh, they're being chased by something that wants technically to eat. they're monsters, not ghosts. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and he eats cookies. <laughs> So in this game, uh, you're wandering around a ship, you're talking to ghosts, you're solving problems, but you, sometimes you go into some rooms and there are mean ghosts, and you have to turn on the light switch to get rid of them. So it's basically, Luigi's Mansion. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so either you that turn on or... the lights and there's the ghost of Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> it's either that or, like, it's kind of close to, like, a prototype for amnesia, but not nearly as scary. I thought it was kind of fun. It's only six bucks. It's a weird experimental, um, you know adventure game from Japan and something that we never see today so I think it's worth playing just because it's so weird and interesting Yeah. Um, and then we have Shadow Tower and if you like uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne and uh, Dark Souls 2 you probably won't like this but you'll at least see where <laughs> where these games came from because uh, they are this is a From Software first person RPG uh, probably using the Kingsfield engine again and it's um it's very, very dark and very like um, kind of demon soulsy, kind of bloodborne in its tone. It's it's extremely hard to play because it's like everything you do, it feels like you're just doing it underwater. Like you swing your sword, it's like. Would you would you call it the Dark Souls of PlayStation One first person adventures? It's the Dark Souls of Dark Souls prototypes, I would say. Uh, right. And now I'm fired. Uh, I can't write about games anymore. I'm sorry, people. I'm, I'm retiring today. But uh, yeah, Echo Knight Shadow Tower. It's weird. It's like. We're still getting these releases on PSN, but it's like, uh, here's some weird games you never played and probably won't play again. So take them, I guess. And still, nothing, none of these work with PS4 because that's impossible for, for whatever reason. Mark certainly made the system too good. I, could, I, think, <laughs> I think at this point you could teach a dog to emulate a PlayStation. Just like roll over. Okay, now get yeah. that chip working. Uh, that, that needs to be worked out. I don't Listen. understand at all. If you want a system that's capable of being used for playing Knack, you just have to make some sacrifices. <laughs> it, is, it is weird, like, when they announce these games and when they're a big deal, well, I don't think Misadventures of Trombone is a big deal for everybody, but it's kind of a big Should deal be. for... No, it, it's, it's that it's 
that the PS4 isn't really doing anything in Japan right now. And yeah. all these people are like doing a last ditch. All, all the Japanese developers are doing a last ditch effort to dump everything they can on the PSN uh, uh, without having to do the whatever conversion is required for PS4. I don't know what the problem is there. And that mm-hmm. hurts that there's, no, there's not anywhere near... There's nothing retro available on PS4. Other than Shovel Knight. It, does, it, it does... Well, there's like a city connection, right? It's oh, all the arcade. Yeah, there, there's city those connection. hamster games, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the absence of PSN games, you know, PS1, mm-hmm. PS2 classics on uh, PlayStation 4 means that you can have things like Square Enix re-releasing Final Fantasy VII as a standalone PS game. I see, like they did on Steam. Than, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah. laughing at people for being upset about it, which is finally getting its retro due. And uh, in the meantime, Steam. They just, do they just get all the Metal Slug games? I think they just released one of them recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know which one was it. Five or X or something X, like that. X came out, but I know like I was so excited when three came. I think that was like the first time SNK had released anything on. Steam. Yeah, those are basically the XBLA ports. Of- yeah. Oh, they are they. Okay. But it's still, it's so nice to see Japan not ignoring the PC. I would prefer to buy these games on Steam. Well, SNK is great at releasing their old shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all they have, right? <laughs> Uh, well, but, but Square just started. Uh, even Konami, as a, as their death rattle, you know, re- started releasing. Um, I uh, mean, Square's been using PSN for or Steam for a while. Not not to, by, conversions exclusive for exclusive for Steam. Like that is totally new. Oh, okay. And like I, like right. I worked a little for the Japanese. It's like the Japanese don't use the PC as like a gaming machine. So it's no, like, like oh, that's where I keep my porn games. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's where you. On my three hundred dollar. I swear to edition. God, it translated a USB masturbation hole. That's the thing I saw. In <laughs> Who's localizing well, that? In the store. It's so funny. I'm going to use it when I get my Oculus. Can't download that. <laughs> so, I, like I was saying, it's so weird when you see like a big deal like Trombon, a big deal to people like us. It's like, dig out your old system and play this because it's not working on PS4. And I don't know. It just feels like such a missed opportunity. But Jeremy's probably right about like, oh, they can sell this to you for more later. So, that's when you'll get it. And um, it's just very I sad. I don't think I don't think you'll see the same amount of retro releases on PS4. Oh, yeah. There's no way. I mean... I don't uh, think they ever sold very well. No. They, they couldn't From virtual ever. console to PSN stuff. I well, they, I think they wanted too much. And then when you look at, uh, like, the top-selling things on there, it's like Crash Bandicoot, 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. and I think it also there makes more sense for them to eventually integrate PlayStation Now streaming mm-hmm. into that sort of thing. So th- Some kind of rental service for these games. Yeah. So then they can keep selling them to you over and over <laughs> again and not have to worry about you buying them and only buying them once. Even I, more input left. I'm, stu- I'm rich... <laughs> very retro focused obviously and nostalgia heavy but then when I see like you want what for a PSP game I who's nostalgia for the PSP at this point <laughs> I'm not paying $19 for a crisis well, those aren't those aren't reissues those are not, just like just those are the, the digital, digital PSP games and they but haven't still, come out of price also yeah. you can't buy crisis core on, on digital it's a joke but it's the only damn it it's the only no PSP rub salt game. in the wound name why another don't you? PSP game you're nostalgic for um just Mega Man powered up that is uh, impossible to get on there for whatever reason. Yes, it's somehow possible in Japan. Um, yeah, I was there when it was tried, and like it couldn't pass sort of. I'll shut up about it. Uh, no, I, 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 I know there's some. There, apparently, there's like some weird thing the in the, was, the localization the that made. messed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the localization messed up the legends, I believe. <laughs> the, the voice, the voice. I don't even know if I should be saying all this. Listen, if I, you do want to spill any corporate secrets, just please speak directly into the microphone. Well, yeah, there's, there's no, that's there's, the important there's thing. no Mega Man. Legends on PSN, right? No American nope. version? Nope. Uh, also, I don't think they're in Japan either. They are. They are. I think it's an issue of the voice they, There's the PSP game, but... Well, okay, maybe. I don't remember. The PSP some, some remix, I think, is available, some but I don't think the PS1 games are. No. And actually, what I've seen online lately has been that there's speculation that 
the issue is not the voices; it's some uh, like actors. No, it's. <laughs> I've read that. Yeah. No, it's um, some textures they use that look like copyrighted, trademarked products. That's. There's a yeah. there was a lot of rules broken for the first thirty years of yeah. making games. Yeah, I, I believe and now uh, it's all coming back to bite our asses. Mm-hmm. I believe Jeremy they had like a, a sponsorship deal with a like a Japanese like energy drink company, mm-hmm. but they and can't also an actually, animation studio. Okay, that too, or animation college, and they can't go into the files and edit them because apparently that breaks the terms of service on a PSN. Yeah, that, that, that's what the rumor is. Actually, Sony is. has has stood in the way of us getting. Yeah. Re- reissues of Mega Man Legends twice. They wouldn't let the PSP remake come over because it was too similar to the PS1 games, <laughs> and we can't have those but, games uh, out in America. Here's a really bad version of Parappa. Released, you know? Right. And then, and then now they won't let people make any changes whatsoever to the, uh, the original PS1 reissues for PSN. Uh, as opposed to Nintendo, who will go in and modify textures or whatever is needed. Yeah. Like, like, okay, we can't call this a yo-yo, so we'll call it the Island Star. Okay, done. But what would happen? Think of the consequences. Right. Uh, there are none. So, so it's just corporate stupidity standing in the, in the way of of. So glad you got releases. to say it, not me, but please send all your death threats to... Capcom Sorry. and my friends there. No, well, wow, Chris, uh, Retronauts has not endorsed death threats. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I, oh was, you were being was, glib. Yes, yeah, please yeah. send death that, threats to uh, Capcom no. and anyone who's ever worked there, such as in Chris. In fact, put on the dip, you, you made 18 months of me. my life miserable. I'm still... Uh, <laughs> Chris, it's okay. The healing needs to... Complete. Well, it's like it's, you, I was never, you were never able to say while you were working there, like, this is why you don't have that and it sucks, but it, stop sending us death threats because everybody tried. And like it's it's hung up on an end that that's I don't know I should stop talking. No, about it's yeah. We understand the that's people. Okay. You have people like me who keep prodding, and, <laughs> and eventually we'll get the story from someone. Yeah, that's fine, but the anger and then like the prank calls and like these like weird Reddit pre docs things that happen on happen on two regular basis over Mega Man games. Yeah, I think. That, yeah, just an easy way to say it is the people who care are not the people making decisions. Yeah. So direct all dreth- death threats to the cast of the Laser Time Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> now we open a can of worms. Oh man. on to listener mail and if you missed the prompt I put it out on Twitter and Facebook hey go to our blog leave me some comments or questions and then we will answer them in this episode and a lot don't, of you don't do it. that now it's too late oh yeah I mean that this is probably a month ago <laughs> See but you uh, next year those comments are closed I taped calling I should be I should <laughs> no. be um, I should be opening a PO box soon so I'll, I'll get back to you with that but until then um, if you missed it, I'm sorry. If we didn't read your comment, I'm sorry. But we only have a short amount of time to fill here. And let's get started with Sergio. And he wants to know, hey, what are the chances of an episode about the history of Retronauts? 
uh, going from Parrish to Bob, the trio's host and censored slash controversial slash regrettable slash favorite moments in episodes. Uh, so for that, we need microphones that would go up our own butts because that's where we'd be crawling, right? If we uh, did a show about ourselves, am I right? Yeah. You can smell your own farts. Let me awesome. tell you about the mystical year of 2006. I think every once in a while you deserve something like that. Was it 2006? Is that when uh, That's when Jeremy started the show. Yeah. 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 It was because everyone else was doing podcasts, and I said, why not? I want to talk about this, mega, or this uh, Final Fantasy III remake. And that's, and that that's it. That was a it. legacy. And, and what, the show wasn't supposed to be called Retronauts. Retronauts was a blog that I was running, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't think of anything better, so we'll just call it Retronauts for now. This is going to last three episodes, and column. then they'll they'll kill us, and this won't last at all. And uh, then it kept going, that was and I the, never thought of a better name. Was that during the one-up days where they mm-hmm. launched like eighteen podcasts? And yes. And that, I, that's the one that stood out. That's the one that I listened to, Retronauts. And now, there were roughly yeah, 18 podcasts yeah. at once, weren't there? I well, I just they were the first ones to do it, period. Like, no one had a game podcast yet. I think so. I mean, and there's probably maybe a few that we just don't remember. But I know one up had a, it was like a huge initiative in like 2005 or whatever. Yeah, like it was. Um, I mean, it, it really started with uh, yeah. Jane Pinkard, um, mm-hmm. who wanted to do just like a weekly uh, one-to-one conversational podcast. So I remember sitting in her office, or not her office, it was like the extra office. Uh, and she repurposed it to have conversations, and nothing really ever happened with that. But then a bunch of people decided, oh, let's actually take this someplace. And Andrew Fister helped uh, set up equipment. And I th- think the first one to start was it was basically Garnet Lee took over for Jane, and then that evolved from like the the let's have coffee and talk about a video game thing to uh, one up yours. And then a bunch of the magazines were like, and "Wait, the coffee how changed come? to beer?" Yeah, <laughs> and then changed to whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> or beer in a whiskey. Um, and then I think a bunch of the magazines were like, "Hey, those stupid one-up people get a podcast. How come we don't?" Actually, no, it probably wasn't like that. It probably was. <laughs> it probably was something forced on them. Now yes. that I think about it, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say that's how I remember the environment. Uh, yeah. We don't want to do anything new and different. And that's yeah, when Ziff, that's, uh, that is that is correct. That's yes. when Ziff Davis changed her name to Whoops All Podcasts <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> Anyway, so I think I think Retronauts might have been the only one after One Up Yours that was mm-hmm. voluntary. No one forced me to go down mm-hmm. and, and talk about old games, but I was like, eh, I gotta I gotta get this out somewhere. Th- the blog's not enough. I think we're the last uh, One Up spiritual successor thing to. Ex- I mean, does Garnet Lee still do his show? I don't. No, Garnet's working with Amazon Games in okay. Seattle, and he can't be doing anything press related. I see. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was still doing Week Unconfirmed or Garnet and nope. uh, John or whatever did one. As for me, uh, the mystical, magical story of how I got to do Retronauts, Jeremy asked me, and I said yes. <laughs> and that's basically it. And the only reason Retronauts was able to continue is because no one was paying attention, which is the best uh, work environment in some ways, I think. <laughs> yep. Some ways. Yep. It's like, uh, in one way, yes, you can do whatever you want. In another way, they go, oh, you're still here? Oh, well, yeah, the problem, the problem with uh, an environment where no one's paying any attention is that eventually they're going to notice, mm-hmm. and then it's all over, yeah. and you're out looking for pennies on the but street. But in those magical two years, we did a lot of fun yeah. stuff, I think. Yeah, I mean, I for whatever reason, I just I was never happy with the way the show turned out and always kind of hated it. Even now? <laughs> I'm okay with it now. <laughs> He's just know. okay with it. <laughs> it it's, I don't know. It's different. It's, it's, uh, it's just a different environment. It, it didn't help that, like, everyone, not everyone, but a, a lot of people at Ziff Davis were always just really shitty about the podcast. I don't know why, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of shade thrown at us, if you will. Well, if I'm not So that, that didn't help either. You guys pre didn't your podcast predate iTunes podcasts? 
Hmm. Oh, I don't know like the question. That. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gave uh, a nickel fuck about podcasts, but until Apple included it in their new version of iTunes, it, it's podcasts were something you would yep. make fun of. Yep. And then eventually, and then once there was money in it, people really stopped making fun of it. But we we received that shit constantly for the stuff we did at uh, Games Radar. It diminished constantly. Like they hated podcasts. What is he? What is it? I, I've never oh, listened I mean, to that. Even even now, everyone like corporate people hate podcasts. You can't monetize them very easily. So it should not be unless a podcast. you do a Patreon. It yeah. should be a hundred uh, segment article with around the web links for the like three fourths of the page. I think. I don't know for whatever reason the show I just can't never click this. <laughs> the show just never quite worked the the way I wanted it to, mm-hmm. and it, it's really a shame. Uh, it probably was better than I'm giving it credit for, and I was just being too hard on myself. It was. But, um, you know, I wish we had that environment again where we could record podcasts pretty much anytime we wanted yeah. every week with this staff of like 40 super knowledgeable people with deep history and roots I mean that was 40 wow that was it maybe it wasn't 40 it was like 30 but I mean that was that was such a rare once in a lifetime scenario I, I, I wish we could go back to that and I wish people would understand that once everyone at 1UP got laid off, it was really hard to do that because we didn't have all those people just there to say, hey, you're an expert in this game. Come talk to us about it. Would you it like was, to come talk about this for free? <laughs> yeah, it became, it, became, it became a real challenge to put the podcast together. So then I dumped it on Bob and let Bob stress out. And I had a lot it. of fun with it in my time there. And, uh, and that's why Bob's lifespan is going to be half that of a normal human. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so let's move on to our next question. And we have Andrew who asks, uh, what are your thoughts regarding the history of video game history? What are some of the great books about video game history? And do you feel that the current programs intending to preserve video games are doing enough to protect and present game history? Okay. Uh, that's from Andrew. Uh, uh, Ray's, Ray's got a, something to say. What up, Ray? Well, this is one of those things that is, uh, it's as best as it's ever been, yet needs so much more work to it. <laughs> That is true. I Fortunately, think... we're off on a great foot with books like Game Boy World 1989. The given, <laughs> yeah. See, it, you know, it's great that you know we had we had this moment where we had, where people like uh, you and me, Jeremy, can go on these book services and design our stuff and write them the way we want and sell them to people the way we want without having to deal with anything. At the same time, it's like it's still hard. F- to be taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, mean, I feel that's true too. I've sold like 120 copies of my book. It's not exactly yeah. racking up the bestseller charts. They call it DIY because they don't want to call it professional. <laughs> I call it vanity press. Yeah. I think that's the, the traditional term. <laughs> and so like yeah, the real books, the I went to a publisher and got an advanced books, I haven't really matured that much either. Except the ones for MIT Press. Um, those books are fantastic. They started with, uh, you know, the, the console or the platform design series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Started with Ian Bogus's um, Racing the Beam, Racing and, the beam. Yeah, and the most error. recent one is uh, Nathan Eltis's I Am Error. And yeah. those are not really like populist books because they're very technical, but mm-hmm. there is so much good content in those books. I mean, I Am Error, I... I've been writing and reading about NES history and, and <laughs> the platform for like 15 years, and I learned so much from that book. I he need to did read that so book. much, so much research. Hopefully, the meaning uh, of "I am error." What's that? <laughs> I am error. I, I am error. Is it Zelda Two reference, right? Yeah, yep. the yep. that it's a weird title for the book because to me it's like you know kind of this sort of superficial level like all oh, lol wacky <laughs> Japanese video games NES games are so crazy. I'm angry about video games, but yeah. it's not like that at all. It's yeah. it's really like a super deep platform study that talks about how 
the business and the technology mm-hmm. and the software and the context of, of NES games all pooled together to shape the, the nature of the games. It's it's a great read. I got to say, I, like, I'm so sick of every, like, zip, zap, zoop, uh, how video games rescued the princess and killed the dragon and killed the aliens. And, you know, like, like very, very, like, cursory history of video games. Like, here's what things it's, everyone knows about when, Nintendo. When like, pop culture grabbed for that Chaos Emerald. <laughs> but even the stuff that's in-depth is, mm-hmm. is still... Not quite there. It's like I don't want to read Johnny Hollywood's marketing executive fan fiction. And that's not what Miyamoto in- <laughs> said. Come on, uh, Ray. You can name names. I'm not interested in the untold history of Compile's tax returns. <laughs> uh, you know, my and my brain kind of likes you know the more drier play-by-play stuff, but I don't think my heart really does. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's a balance there that's yet to be struck. So, I think so we, you're not you're not a fan of I Am Error. I haven't read it yet. Oh, I'm glad okay. someone has. I'm ordering they, that after this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I I really think you will like it, Ray. It's it's really it's really good. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's what I'm talking about. Really, okay, but, uh, I know what you are talking. I about. I just think yeah, we need something a little more entertaining that is not you know going to some sort of crazy extreme. Um, I like personally, I would just like to see more oral histories. Like, just get all of the like author out of there and just give me the subjects. Yeah, it's like, like sad, but Nintendo's going to have to fail first. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, on record. no, you're right about that, Chris. Because I'm doing a, I'm doing an episode about a Link to the Past today, mm-hmm. and there is one interview online yeah. about that game yeah. with Miyamoto at the time. Like, only one for yeah. a Link to the Past, one of the best games ever. It's just like, why can't they talk to him again about this? It's, I, it's really yeah, frustrating. I, I he's, he's given to the press so rarely. Yeah, when it is. It's like in 15-minute chunks, and it's about like the game that he's promoting. Mm-hmm. I just want like an Awada asks for the history of Nintendo, and occasionally yeah. that, that does come up, but it's never enough. You hear these like little tiny tidbits. It took, it's like, like two oh, years just, off. Yeah, <laughs> there's been some good ones. Though. Yeah, no, they're great. Yeah, it's yeah, a great man. backlog, but like I, you don't get enough of those little nuggets, and that's basically what I want. Well, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the the best. Uh, sort of first or second person account of Nintendo will probably ever get was published in 1992 because so many of the original, you know, the the primary sources are dead now. Like Hiroshi Yamauchi is dead. Gunpei Yokoi is dead. Like we'll never be able Mm -hmm. to talk to those guys and pick their brains. And, and, you know, Nintendo being a Japanese company, it's the most Japanese of Japanese companies, which means it's extremely insular. And doesn't um, like to talk. If, if you're lucky, you know, maybe you could get an interview with Masayuki Uemura, the, the designer of the NES, because he's retired. But even people who retire from Nintendo um, tend to stay very closed-lipped. Um, like I interviewed uh, Hirokazu Hiro Tanaka, uh, Hip Tanaka, and he's not with Nintendo anymore, but he's with like a partner company, and he didn't want to talk too much about Nintendo stuff. And, and we did talk a little bit about, you know, Earthbound and composing for that. But then I got an email that night that was like, by the way, Mr. Tanaka would appreciate it if you didn't actually publish any of that. Yeah, that, uh-huh. that, that, I hate that shit. Chris, did you have something to say? I'm sorry. Well, I'm just being reminded, my first, oh, I shouldn't say this, that Capcom was, was trying to do a documentary on the, for the 30th anniversary. I'm their employee. They technically had Final Cut. Getting them to try and talk was impossible. Nobody wanted to talk about the history of old games yeah. or like where anything came from. I thought, like, was this is this like a weird Japanese humility, uh, or is it <laughs> yakuza? Like, is there is there is there weird something shady in the background that I'm not seeing? But like, no, it was so hard to get them to talk about previous accomplishments. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of things. It's just you know a more guarded private culture than ours. Yeah, I think that is changing with the the younger generation of designers, mm-hmm. but. You know, the, the folks who were making games back in the 80s, they were, they were very much in that sort of old guard, 
um, you know, the the wall of implacable silence that yeah. that defined Japanese business culture back then. I just trying. No, no. You can f- if you don't like what your documentarian asks you, you can fire him. You will never have this situation again. It's like still no, no. Yeah. We won't say anything. Well, about documentaries, it's like those have been rising up now yeah. more because yeah, it's, sure. it's that same sort of DIY stuff. You know, there's a lot of crowdfunding. Because stuff. unlike books, that's but, content, right? Yeah, but some of them <laughs> still get disappointing. Oh no, no, I think. I don't. like you guys heard of World One One. It just came out on Steam. Uh, no, I haven't seen it's that like yet. They spent all these, they spent all this time talking to the true creators and like you know Bushnell and uh, I believe Ralph Bear and a lot of the Atari guys, but then like you get your color commentary from IGN, mm-hmm. like you spend half a day at IGN <laughs> to get your your commentary from the same four guys. When, by the way, within like a thirty mile radius of IGN's office, there's like at least a dozen people who would be more <laughs> oh, <so laughs> willing right. to Our provide something rich there, about it. Right. You know, and not just Sam talking about how they found quarters in the Pong machine. That's not Sam's fault. <laughs> I like Sam. I actually, you know, I'm not saying I'd be great. I'd probably be just, you know, not not even that. I'll say I'd be great. But you I, know, it's like they, it's like I'd be awesome. You know, I think you'd be great. Not right? Chris Kohler, not Frank Cifaldi, not Peter Brown, who works at GameSpot, which is by the way three blocks away from IGN. Yeah, I'd, like they're the like, first people you think of when you think of game history. Yeah, or us. Yeah. But <laughs> what they will do is send me a form letter requesting to mention it in my magazine, which apparently they haven't read or get the point well, of nice or realize that it ended. So it's like <laughs> you expect me to believe that your movie did the homework. Yeah, that's that's a shame. <laughs> uh, I wanted, I, I did want to give a shout out to, in terms of game preservation. Uh, archive.org yes. just uploaded an integrated in-browser DOS box, which I can never get to work. Yeah, well, they've had that for a few years. Now they have yeah, not just DOS box but, the box, but mess as well. So they do Genesis games, a lot of other crazy consoles. But the, the integrated DOS box to take all, like, yeah. the most unloved game, because I hate them. P- old <laughs> PC games are usually terrible <laughs> from that era. Now you can era. see that. Yeah, and, and, yeah no, but I'm, I'm, I have a very... Curious historian bug that I, yeah. man, I, you won't, nah, I'll tell you guys later what I've You go to the front page of that DOS box and you can see like Cool World. You guys should stream the Cool World DOS game. It looks, <laughs> it looks incredible. And I mean, in the worst way possible, like a yeah. Mario Paint movie come to yeah. light. It, it can't possibly be sexy though. Uh, depends on oh, with no <laughs> internet. I guess anyone could make that sexy there with was, enough imagination, but, but uh, like, yeah, I mean, the question was like, what do you think about the current programs? And it's like, well, what programs? I can't mm-hmm. name you a program, but I can name you some museums. I can name you archive.org. Me too, yeah. yeah. I can name you some torrent sites. But I, I can lo- name my hard drive. But overnight, like last year, like 14,000 games became playable yeah. overnight. And I, I've really, I've tried for a long time trying to capture these games and it's really hard to do when a yeah. Windows... Seven machine. So I have to ask, like, what do you expect? It's like, I mean, why wait for anyone to do enough by your definition? Because we're probably not going to get an international society for game preservation mm. anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think within my lifetime. I mean, because, because, you know what? Technology already helped us get there before the need for that crap actually happened. Mm. And I write about this in the final issue of Scroll. It's like, you know, you can be your own video game historian right now. Yeah. Like, why do you need to wait for anybody to do it for you? You can use the internet to discover things. And it's like, I don't want you to worry about game preservation, really, because mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of the people already doing quite a lot already, whether it is a torrent or whatnot on archive.org. Yeah. It's like, don't wait for the British Museum to start mm. exhibiting games just so you can finally go, see, Dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> My life had value. Uh, one final thing, I, I like... It's right in front of you. Is what yeah, yeah. One final thing, though, on this, I like, I would, I really wish people would back away from the whole, like, like you know, money equation when talking about preservation because mm-hmm. it feels like that is the, the first thing you see. Like, this game costs $30,000 for the NES. Check your garage, everybody. You might have it. Like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, it just, just feels collectors. like that's the only <laughs> angle. A, that's not that's not, that's not not game historian yeah. and, and preservation. That's just 
BuzzFeed. I know, but it's, it seems like the the price of something always comes up when something is found or something is, like, on display. Like, this costs $1,400 now. Just, like, I don't care. I want to know about, like, who made it and, like, how it plays yeah, exactly, and, like, exactly. things like that. Just, like, the so. whole – yeah. He um, says after talking about how Tron Bond used to be three hundred dollars. <laughs> That's true, but guess what? That was okay. That was Chris Kohler's headline, by the way. Sorry, Chris, but that was it. It's a former three hundred dollar game now on for sale on six books. So I mean, you gotta yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta get, get the people what they want. But Chris, and what they want a, is yeah. not to spend money. Chris is a historian and he is a collector, so I'll, I'll give him some, cut him some slack on. Love that. being yeah. talked about the third person, uh, but <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> I'm, I'm confused I'm now. Here. I'm here in the You're room. a great talent, Chris. But yeah. oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Crap. Uh, but uh, probably wasn't important. I do no. I I I was I've been going off on a couple of amiibo rants and like I've always thought games are for players, not collectors. I can't stand what the collector market has done to games, and I love that a game a release like Tron Bond hits people right in the eBay. Like fuck you. <laughs> in a way, now it's getting played again. Aha, you can't yeah. roll over it. But it used to be just mine. Ten thousand no, people. Xenoblades yeah. people eat a dick. But uh, you still have people who desire the physical item and will still. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you, if it's, you want I mean, it for your display, I have a lot less sympathy than the yeah, person who. Yeah. No. No. It. For sure. But I mean, it has it doesn't really affect the stupid. Yeah, yeah but price. these amiibo. Like uh, my whole life, I wanted something like amiibos. Yeah, me too. And, and like, and it's impossible. Like I, <laughs> well, I'll never get started with. Well, that. no, I'm 32, so I don't <laughs> care as much. You got your ditty. What more do you want? Yeah. I was supposed to use them, but I never. Yeah. I got disinterested in Smash Brothers. Didn't buy it for Wii U, uh, but. Can I say one last quick thing? Yes. It's not, they're not books, but there are two websites that I really want everybody to read, especially in relation to oh, the first Oh, please tell us. Laser time, laser time. No. <laughs> the first one is the Digital Antiquarian, which is at uh, philfree.net, F-I-L-F-R-E.net. And uh, that's a guy who uh, is really putting a lot of heart into writing these very good stories about different software houses and different trends and stuff that happen. Uh, n- not very Japanese-focused, I have to admit, but there is a lot of good stuff about like PC games and stuff. Lots of jazz jackrabbit. Second one is the Golden Age Arcade Historian, and that is allincolorforacorder.blogspot.com. I think I've been there. Yeah, yeah that's I pro- yeah, I've linked it a few times, and that guy, apparently he's writing a book, but he's just also putting in a lot of long-form stories about things that happened in the Golden Age Arcade stuff because that was really formative in this country at least. I'll also recommend Before Mario which is a cool yeah. blog. doesn't get updated too much but it's oh, Nintendo's um, blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's been an invaluable resource for me mm. doing Game Boy stuff. I love like the Nintendo oh, yeah. Bassmaster like Fish Finder thing. <laughs> I, I want that for my 3DS. You know me, I'm a huge cartoon nerd so like this huge partnership with Popeye yeah, and, and Disney, Disney stuff yeah. like I just lose yeah. my mind when I see those glorious pink cases. Ugh. That's not a really perverted, but no, it, but <laughs> it's just a color I don't see on a lot of packaging anymore. Pink is back.
we're back, and uh, we're going to be uh, a little more efficient with answering these questions. Uh, <laughs> there were some really good questions, though, and we had a lot to say. So let's let's dig into some more of them. So we have Kevin. He asks, uh, he says, hey, folks, I really am enjoying the show's successful return. I hope it continues to do well. I'm interested in the pre-crash game era and wondered if there was any interest or plans to do either full episodes or micro ones on dedicated consoles. Minor systems like the Astrocade and Vectrex or even some of the companies from the time period like iMagic. I feel that decade or so has become a dark age that could always use some illumination. And that's from Kevin. And um, I think we've covered almost everything in that era. I'm like a te- in television. Um, we did covered those, the like, big platforms. We've covered yeah. Coleco, Atari, in television. We haven't done Odyssey, Odyssey it's 2. We haven't done Fairchild Channel F. But what is there to we say? We haven't done Vectrex. <laughs> and we haven't done Microvision. We haven't done... I thought we covered a lot in that in that British games episode with Jazz, though. Well, it's British, but what about stuff in the U.S.? Can you uh, call me when you do the FM Towns Marty ooh, episode? That's my favorite uh, console name. Crash. <laughs> I just Get love, saying, chronology right, I love man. saying the name. It's, it's great. This is like the only opportunity Marty. I have to say it. FM Towns Marty. Marty. <laughs> it's, it's your kids, Marty. They don't exist because no one bought you. We have a game system, but we'd like it to have an unapproachable name. Yeah. Well, it didn't matter because I guess it was just – that was just a Japanese system, right? Yeah, it was. It's like these English words are I'm cool. Sorry, yeah, bad. great answer. Um, but I think Jeremy said it like I guess maybe one day we'll do this. Um, we kind of are falling back into more familiar topics just because uh, we we like to talk about the things we like. And uh, some things like this take a lot more research. Yeah, it's like – I don't know. What do you want from the show? You guys, <laughs> you and Bob and Jeremy, well, right? It's I, like can you, you really – do yeah. you want to talk about all like, these pre-crash things so much? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I've I've made an effort over the past year or two to um, dig into those pre-crash systems. I mean, the uh, the Atari 26 episode, twenty Atari ugh, Atari 2600 episode is mine. I think I was the lead on in television, ColecoVision. No, like, I was I was on the television. Oh, you were in television. Yeah. I can't remember. It's all a blur. So, so that was that was too. that was Ray. Yeah, that was also a reader request. Okay, really, so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, do you, do you but, have a personal history? Like relationship with these consoles? I've pretty much talked about it. Um, like I, I, did a, I, I did a micro 15. episode on <laughs> TI-99-4A, which is the one PC yeah. I really knew back then. Yeah. So I've kind of talked about what I can talk about from my own experience. Yeah. Anything else is going to be that sort of secondhand information, which yeah. you know, yeah, we mean, can do that, but it's it's not going to be as good. There's not going to be the passion behind it. And yeah. I see questions like that as people sort of wanting a validation that we can't really provide because we didn't experience it like them so much and then we get a lot of hate on the Atari age forums for it and it's like god I'm sure well, it's not yeah. our fault all your games are terrible <laughs> well I, I feel like not our fault we're 45 I'm, I don't speak for retronauts by the way but yes <laughs> I find that like uh, when we have to do a lot of outside uh, research sometimes it can come off pretty dry and then we get accused of just reading off things that we learn which is basically what we kind of have to do because yeah. we are just yeah. learning this stuff secondhand. So I think when we do things that we have uh, more of a relationship with, the episodes are more interesting. Well, I'm, I'm always happy to tackle unfamiliar topics oh, if yeah, we can too. find an expert in the uh, the topic. Yeah. You know, like the, the UK PC episode we did a while back, a few episodes ago, um, getting Jazz on here for that was, was great. Like he – was extremely informative, and we were kind of just, you know, like tourists as he guided us around. Yeah, but then sometimes you might get the opposite of that, where the right. guest is not so forthcoming and they're right. kind of nervous. I maybe, apologize or... for the Tiny Tunes episode. No. no, you just suck about Atari. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know, it's it's tricky to to tackle topics we don't know that well. But I'm I'm always interested in and in, and in wanting to do that sort of thing. I mean, mm. there's so much of video games that I personally never touched or never had an experience with because. You know, as a kid, I could only play so much. I had the budget to own some NES games, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. 
I don't think that's the only interesting part of video game history. And I mm -hmm. am sympathetic to people who would like to hear me talk about other things, and I'm interested in doing that. But, you know, it, it requires a lot of work, and it's never going to come from a place of, like, oh, childhood memories, because that just doesn't exist. It's too late. We're 35 years past that. Sorry, <laughs> the ship has sailed. Yeah. Born um, in 1980 in America, there's a lot of consoles I wasn't able to get a history with. Mm -hmm. I'll say this, you know, I do love other people's nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I oh, talked sure. about that. I talked about that, you know, on previous episodes where it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have a personal affinity for the uh, earliest uh, game systems from the early 80s because I wasn't around then. And, you know, what I missed out on to me was more like, you know, the FM Towns Marty, for mm. example. Yeah, you know, I, so, but I love, you know, I, I do want to hear other people's experiences about it where I can't fill that in. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was talking earlier about how I was always kind of frustrated with the early episodes of Retronauts. And part of that, I think, was there was this tendency for everyone, including myself, to be really dismissive of anything that... Pre-NES? No, that we personally didn't have experience with. It was oh. like, ah, eh, whatever. And, you know, kind of crapping on other people's nostalgia. Um, oh. And I've really, really tried to make an effort to move away from that and to... Well, some of us had to grow up. <laughs> yeah, all of us had to grow yeah. up. And, you know, I think, I think we've ironed that out. I don't think that's part of the show anymore. And, you know, we'll make, we'll make glib remarks occasionally. Um, but I personally really try not to be dismissive of other people's passions and interests uh, even if I don't happen to like a game, I, I try not to say, like, you are a bad person for liking this game, you stupid fool. Uh, I disagree, so, Donkey Kong fans. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I guess that's kind of a tangent. But no, it makes the sense. answer is yes, we'll do our best. Yeah. Please look forward Got to it. I think the answer is there's, it's hard to get enthusiastic about something you're not naturally interested in. Yes, you guys are all – we've all been kind of trained to do research on the internet and whatnot, but – doesn't mean we're, you'd be passionate about delivering that information. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to Brian. He's got a hell of a question. I'm going to cut it in half. So uh, he says he's talking about the Saturn. He says the Saturn was fairly popular in Japan, so I wonder what could have been done to help replicate that success. Releasing the RAM card here might have helped, especially with the fighting games that took advantage of it, but maybe it would be seen as another 32X. Clearly there are parties to blame on either side of the Pacific, but it seems almost as if the Saturn was doomed to fail even before the premature arrival of Saturn. Yeah, Saturn. releasing the RAM cart here would have been like repairing your faucet after your house yeah. is flooded. <laughs> Saturn was too, too poised to replicate the, Jap the Japanese audience anyway. It was a good place to our port arcade games that Sega was making in a sprite yeah. machine, and none of that was where the Western market was headed. Yep, yep. I think, like, the contention between the uh, American and Japanese branches of Sega meant they're, it, they were in a situation where it could not have possibly worked, yeah. um, just because of just how many revisions that system went through, yep. the lack of communication, the lack of a Sonic game, which was an important thing. It probably wouldn't it's, have saved the Saturn, but it would have helped. I remember being frustrated as I chose Saturn in that battle, and uh, that there was no Sonic game, and right... And it, well, you had Gex, you had more, Sonic Jam. I get, I get more more infuriated as the years go on. Yeah, why wasn't there a Sonic game? 3D Blast was terrible. It's because Yuji Naka <laughs> said no. Yeah, yeah. Yuji Naka apparently was going through a tantrum that period. Yeah, it's like you're making a Sonic game without me. Get he was, up. yeah. Well, he was trying to break out and be an artist within the confines of a corporate <laughs> Japanese structure. Yeah. I will say Knights was worth it, but it wasn't a uh, the thing that the Saturn needed to win. It was a weird game that I would like, but I was in the minority. We, just, of, we streamed for Saturn's anniversary, like everything basically redone for. Uh, XBLA, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. Like, it's it's really great. But then I remember, like, as a kid, I'm playing Daytona USA. 
Daytona. I'll stop. But um, I was playing Daytona USA, and I got the XBLA one. I got to, There are three tracks in that game. Mm-hmm. I got to see one of the tracks I'd never been able to see in my entire life. It's one of the biggest Saturn exclusives. <laughs> it's a, it, There's no save ability, and you have to be really, really excellent at a balls-hard arcade game in order to access the second level. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. It doesn't save. In a bad port where you can't see enough far ahead of you. <laughs> and now, and yes, and now imagine this is representing your next-generation console. And yeah. you also have a Virtua Fighter game that's that needs to be remixed. Oh, yeah. It's like... Uh, uh, and this is this is what this is what you do. This is this is your bullet point, and it's bad at it. And I, I don't know. I, I love the Saturn. I love it. Has a lot of a lot of good moments. Yeah. yeah. I hear good things about that uh, Virtua Fighter 2 port. It's good. Like, Isn't that like it, the, it all uh, for the time. Beautiful. Yeah, for the time. <laughs> it all looks beautiful. It's really well, hard to go back to. Mean, unless you mean the XBLA one. Um, I mean the Saturn one. But not yeah. the, the Guardian Heroes is great. And um, yeah, there's Dragon Force. And the most expensive RPGs to date. Yeah, <laughs> still. Again, sorry to bring up the price. I'm such a hypocrite. I, I, I'm I such gotta, a hypocrite. <laughs> God dang it. Off mic, I'll show you how, show you how well I emulated the Saturn recently. Sure. Ooh, I want to see that. really good. Let's move on to our next question. Preservation. Uh, preservations, <laughs> that's how you do it. Terrence wants to know, this is a simple question, what are some of the better JRPGs to start off with for a newbie to the genre? Specifically retro remakes or ports for handhelds like the Game Boy Advance DS, PS Vita, thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. That's from Terrence. I say Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Point. Period. The no end. No matter what Jeremy says, <laughs> Super Mario RPG. Wow. Legend of the Seven Stars. Wow. I say they're both fine. They're both They're both like of they, the same era, both yeah. by Square. I think they both have cool battle well, systems. But that, I didn't really understand uh, RPGs because they required I'll be honest probably too much reading uh, mm-hmm. when I was younger but then like you put Mario characters in it was it was I was able to wade into those battle systems and the structure of the games and that, that's what worked for me I don't know if you're also uh, 14 in 1994 but <laughs> if you are that's Not how quite, you should do yeah. it uh, Jeremy and Ray what do you think a good starter JRPG that, that can be played on a handheld are we talking about a current handheld? Uh, he said PS Vita, Game Boy Advance, and uh, oh, a DS. Game Boy Advance. Then I would say Final Fantasy VI would be uh, a really good starter because it's pretty easy. It has just enough little like bumps where you have to figure things out. A lot of flexibility, peeling characters. It's, it's good. Okay, and four for if you have a DS. Uh, the four remake. No, no, the the remake, uh, the DS remake of four is really hard. It it's is pretty not, hard. Yeah, it is not a beginner's game. It is a game that was designed for people who huh. have played Final Fantasy four many times. Yeah, five other knew ports. all the tricks, and then the, that game, it's like kind of like Mega Man nine was for mm-hmm. for Mega Man fans. It's like everything you think you should do here or know you should do, it subverts and screws you. Comparison, but I totally get it. Yeah, yeah I was Mega Man nine is not very accommodating to the new players. No, I was playing that game when I worked for a a blog that had softcore galleries, and I named my uh, blog post "Fuck the Moon" because I hated <laughs> going to the moon in Final Fantasy four, and I got yelled at for that. They're like, "You can't put a swear word in your title that must have SEO." I'm like, "There are naked ladies here. Why can't I swear?" At the end. What uh, what what site was that? That was Nerve. They stopped their um. Video uh, okay. game blogging like I was like, six I don't remember that ago. being 61 FPS. Yeah, 61 FPS, oh, which yeah. was a good blog. I mean, yeah, I, was. I wasn't that offended by it, but it felt weird. Like, nudity and the F word, can't they coexist together in harmony? Such a prude, Bob. I it's, know. It stops being softcore when you put the F word in. I guess so. <laughs> Ray, did you have anything? <laughs> no, I can't really. For handhelds? <laughs> also on, on There's Vita. so much. Yeah. You know, Vita, Vita opens up the world of uh, PSN games, yeah. so yeah. Suikoden 1 and 2 is, oh, is yeah, yeah, very for sure. accessible. Which I've never touched, and I, I'm going to get that a lot for good. Sucky Den 2, which I should stop calling it, but that's what we called it in the deep, deep dirty south. <laughs> sure. Suck it in. I heard a lots of uh, strange pronunciations of Deus Ex when I worked at a GameStop, <laughs> so uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was just at a demo event, and someone... 
from another country, like with his accent, referred to it as do sex. I see. I was <laughs> like, yes, I would like to do did. sex. <laughs> it's great when you're at a Nintendo event and it's like, you guys ready for the new Pokemon game? Like saying it completely the wrong way. So you work for the company. Oh, look what? at the. Really? You can call it Pokemon, but it has to you have to pluralize it. Yeah, that's scandalous. I think I forget how they said it, but it was really strange. It's like that's not right. That's not right. I was hassling Michael Rapares last night um, by not only correcting him on the pronunciation of Oregon Trail, uh, Oregon Trail, Oregon Trail, Oregon Trail. It's like yes, Oregon Trail. I know that because I've been to Portland, Oregon. it was making him insane. He's a he's a robot of syntax. Is he from Oregon? He is. I thought so. <laughs> Irritate. He's from Washington. Washington. Also irritating. Ah, uh, so Pierre wants to know what is everyone's collection looking like? Do you get rid of older stuff? Do you spend more than you should, or do you mostly resort to emulation? Who wants to start with this one? I feel like we're always addressing this. Yeah, I, I only we might buy. Have just addressed it. I only buy stuff in box that represents things that I like from my childhood. Everything I buy now is digital um, because I don't have the room for anything else. Uh, I haven't. I haven't done that hard purge yet, which I really yeah. should. Yeah, I've done a few of those. Do I have a collection? Yes. Am I a collector? No. Mm. I have all. I have a ton of about five hundred NES games in a, an attic somewhere but, in Florida. Uh, yeah, I mean, my collection sort of waxes and wanes because I I got more increasingly fond of just keeping games that are good and or interesting mm-hmm. to me. So when I sell something that's long in the tooth, it's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's go get rid of that because it's probably super popular anyway. I have like seven GameCube games now. I used to from down from like hmm. 23 or something. You're going to miss that copy of Bullet Witch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like, uh, you know, going back to preservation, like GameCube games are really well emulated. So I can just rip those. It's really yeah. hard yeah. still. Yeah. Right. Don't get the right computer. You'll be fine. Uh, no, I, uh, you can do it easily. Um, as for me, I, I am a writer for a living. So for me, employment is very ephemeral. Uh, <laughs> so I don't like to buy things. Um, and when I do, I want them to be digital because um, I don't want to have to move them. So yeah. I just mainly have things that are meaningful to me. Like I have a copy of Maniac Mansion that was signed by Ron Gilberts. Just a few things like that maybe. But I don't go whole hog into collecting um just because, again, I used to collect stuff in the past, and I would have to keep selling it because of me not being employable. So mm. I don't want to do that again, yeah. and that's that's my reason. Jeremy, how, how do you do it? I mean, I, I would, did collect games um, when I was younger and single, and then, uh, you know, got into a relationship where I ended up becoming the sort of sole breadwinner a lot of the time because of my uh, wife's health issues. So that really disabused me of the desire to own a lot of stuff because that's money that could be used in, in better ways. Um, so at this point, I, you know, I, I hang on to games I really like. Um, I have a ton of DS games that are just, you know, things that I accumulated during the DS's life. Yeah, I'm probably going to start offloading some of those. <laughs> um, I can't, I don't know where to cut. I don't know where to cut. It's, mm. it would, I would have it drop below like 125 games and I don't know where to cut. Wow. <laughs> um, I really like the DS. What can I say? Yeah, it's a good system. Yeah. Um, in terms of, of collecting though, I really don't, I do have a lot of older games now, but it's always for projects. Mm-hmm. Like if I am acquiring stuff secondhand, it's really because I want to do something with it. Like I have a lot of inbox Game Boy games now, but that's specifically for Game Boy World so that I can not only capture video from the original cartridges mm-hmm. on original hardware, but also so I can photograph the boxes and the packaging and, you know, yeah. like make that resource <laughs> available for people. That's the whole point of Game Boy World is to get these scans and photos of packaging up on the site with video footage and, you know, know just like raw capture footage to make it like really Capcom manuals. I have a big stack of them that I took for some reason. <laughs> Go for it. I could use Capcom them all. Capcom Star Wars. Like I'm like, why Ooh. does this exist? 
Uh, I'll take whatever you got. All right. Um, I did the same thing. It's like I bought an MSX, but only to photograph it. So it's like it, the auction said it was junk, but it worked. But so, <laughs> so now I have an MSX collection of one game, which is Goonies. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, having having gone through all of 1989 and mm-hmm. basically like I have. I have scraped those games clean, not only captured tons of footage, but like scanned every manual page. I have no more use for most of those yeah. games. I bought so all those art games. I don't plan to keep them around. I bought all the art team games just to scan the boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got rid of those it. eventually. Uh, well, got rid of, sorry. Don't mean to be disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so at this I got point, all the work games. Yeah, at this point, I, I don't really collect. I'm, I'm more interested in archiving and making this yeah. content available, available for people to use. I don't know if anyone really needs... Uh, an interior manual scan for pachinko time. Don't for think Game about Boy, it too hard. But <laughs> if you if you need to know what is on page nine of the pachinko time manual, that information is out there for you, and you're welcome. Pachinko time is coming soon to Laser Time yes. Network. As well. <laughs> I can't wait. Mm. I just hope that question doesn't come from a place that's like conflating us with being collectors, just because this is a retro show. Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't yeah, people I, people can do that. I don't have the collector button even, anymore. Even every so often, I'll get like tweet mentions that mention me and Chris Kohler and Frank Cifaldi, and they're like, "No, I don't know yeah, what's going like, on with the those, NES market." Those guys are different <laughs> people than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I. I I am acquiring a lot of older games now, but it really has more to do with the desire to do something creative with them or something informative. Yeah. And also because I did discover, you know, the I, I finally got into the world of, um, you know, RGB modded hardware and mm-hmm. um, upscalers and that sort of thing. And right. I've never really liked emulation. Like, the it just never feels right. And this is a way to play those old games that feels right. Yeah. So those NES cartridges I didn't really care about all of a sudden have become appealing to me because, hey... I can play Mega Man and it'll finally feel right again. Yeah, those other guys have like storage units full of stuff. My Famicom is in a box in a closet along with a foot tall stack of EGMs. That's yeah. pretty much. I had to leave. <laughs> I had to leave my collection in a diff- across the country. Like I can't. It can't yeah. be out here. I don't know. I still have stuff in my mom's house. I for sure. think it was, and I don't want to bring this up to bring back any sc- scarring memories. But wasn't yeah. it Mark McDonald who basically had an entire storage yes. unit of stuff just like yes. given away because his credit card information changed yeah. and he didn't update <laughs> it? Yeah, I'm not placing the blame on him. There should have been some safeguards in place. No, that you is know? that. That one's heartbreaking. Yeah, that that's what what like disabuse me of ever wanting to be a collector again. I was like, uh, yeah. that could happen. I don't want that to happen to me. It's a good episode of Storage Awards, though. Yeah. And, and, I, and now I don't have, a, I don't collect anything and I just kind of like, I used to envision like, what if someone breaks into my house and steals stuff? I gotta get a gun. I'm like, there's nothing <laughs> of value in, in this entire <laughs> place. If you like, Florida, you said? <laughs> eight year, eight year old Toshiba television and a sealed copy of Tiny Toon Adventures for the Famicom. Yeah. That's all That's what criminals got. are looking for, actually. Yes. <laughs> Crooks, nothing for you here. They're going to put in their dollar sign bags. Get get about an ounce. Noonan, 
who asks, you are all pretty clearly not fans of sports <laughs> games. Okay, thanks a lot, Badger Noonan. What are you trying to say about me? Am I a nerd? Yeah. Of course I am. So what are your favorite sports games? I'm going to say mine is Rap Jam Volume 1. Oh, Still waiting on. for Volume 2. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> RBI Baseball, baby. RBI Baseball. I, I, I like uh, the— Still holding the vigil for Rap Jam. <laughs> Uh, hey, it could happen. Uh, I, st- I like Inazuma Eleven, the one they brought out. Oh, really? It's a fun okay. like little RPG. It's not super great, but I like how it translates sp- soccer oh. into like turn-based oh, RPG. Really, related to that, I really wish they'd have brought out a Calcio bit in English uh, for North America at least. What is that? It's like Nintendo's soccer sim, but it it has it has a very uh, pixelated little tiny retro people aesthetic to it. But it is very fun and light and meant to be about managing a soccer team along with playing the games. There, Mario hmm. Golf is my favorite Mario spinoff. Oh, if that yes. counts, then yeah, Mario Golf, uh, GBA, and Game Boy. I don't like how they dial back on the RPG stuff. Uh, yeah, just exactly. Me though, but um, so I was gonna say NBA Jam. Yes. The Cuneo Sports games. Uh, Tecmo Bowl is pretty good. Yeah, you know, the original ones, even up to like the Super NES ones, and Mario Golf on Game Boy Color for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you have one, Jeremy? Any sports games? Baseball for Game Boy? He's thinking. Klonoa Beach Volleyball. That's there we go. Oh, I can't believe, uh, can't no, believe that I... jiggle technology they got on that thing. <laughs> it does. Different series. Um, no, I really, I don't really like sports as the problem. So the, I hate the idea of playing a I'm video a game of that, <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's not, that's not working for me. <laughs> Although I, I will admit that I do, there is something I like about golf games. They are very, uh, I don't know. They're kind of hypnotic and they're, I guess, they're almost, maybe it's it's that it seems to be the most like focused around individual skill as opposed to yeah. dealing with the, mm-hmm. the mess of a team. Like any kind of team-based sports game is not fun to me because it's mostly the computer playing and me wow. really screwing things up for the computer. It's you against the wind. I played, uh, I had to do a <laughs> PES uh, 2016 demo recently. Oh no. And it was really, uh-huh. it, was, it was bad, it was brutal. And it, eventually I put the controller down and just let the computer play, and the computer really held its own against itself. Oh, uh, did a lot, a lot better than I did. You need to get up and use the bathroom, make dinner. But, but you know, a golf game, like, I I played uh, Game Boy Golf a few months ago for Game Boy World, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, this is this is really good. This is way better than all the other sports games on the system. <laughs> I enjoy stopping meters, too. So. Yeah, right. Stopping meters for the win. It's kind of oh, like God. sniping, but with a club. <laughs> Excuse me. Playing video golf is better than going out to play and just being another white guy on the course. Oh, yeah, no, never yeah. play golf in no, real life. No. We should say that. You <laughs> you know, my, my, my in-laws are trying to get me to play just golf. They retired and started playing, and they're like, it's the best thing we've ever – they love golf. They're like, we're, we're thinking about moving near you, and when we do, you're going to come to Pinehurst with us and play golf. Uh, I, feel like you, I, just, I think I think the world's greatest golf course would be wasted on me. I don't know, guys. Yeah. I think you get just as much enjoyment going for a nice hike and flipping a coin every once in a while. Oops, I dropped it. Guess I'm off par. I've, I've got some ugly pants. Drink. Yes. Make sure to remember the ugly pants. It's an important part of the golf. Mario Golf, Toadstool Tour, and GB, uh, GBC. Mm-hmm. Those are the best mm-hmm. sports games of all time. All great. <laughs> Uh, so Ron wants to know, I enjoy how you guys rip on the plenty of old, awful video game cartoons, but would you care to voice your opinion on any you feel were, were and maybe are still somewhat tolerable? The Mega Man cartoon, perhaps? Flat out, I will say no. No. Not good. However, Super fighting. some of them had good action figures. They did. Uh, which the which Mega ones? Man ones. Uh, well, okay, hold on. I did like the Mega Man figures, but only because... It was really the only way to get a Mega Man. Toy. It was. I mean, going to the store and seeing mm-hmm. a Cutman action figure, I was like, yeah. crazy. But you know, it was like six or seven years after the Mega Man 
the original Mega Man came out. That's true. So it was like, here, here's this character I was, from a game from a long time ago. Wow, that's, that's I great. I was still the age where I could still squeeze out some actual fun out of playing with action figures, mm-hmm. so I enjoyed it quite a bit. But it's like, yeah, that's the key thing. The shows themselves, not so good. I'm trying to I think. I can't think of a single one, man. I yeah, really can't. If, if it's out there, it's probably like some anime that made What's, something good out of something What was the okay. acclaimed Smash Brothers show? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the Power Tower. Oh, yeah. Power yeah. Squad. That's the one. I, oh, I say that because you can't find it. It's got quirk in it. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the acclaim is was yeah. it Quark and Bigfoot? Quark, it's, uh, Quark, and Quark and two Bigfoot. guys from Arch Rivals. Right. Oh man, what a classic team! Yeah. And there was like one guy from Narc, I think, yeah. yep. was in there. And Kuros. Kuros, terrible. God, I'm trying to think. The There's art. nothing good. Mm. <laughs> maybe, I don't think maybe, there are. I, well, I mean, people seem to have a lot of uh, affection for Pokemans. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give you show. that. So maybe that's as good as you're going to get. People yeah. somehow like that Kirby cartoon. Maybe I'm just too old. I say th- go to that Wikipedia mm. right now with a list of Kirby episodes. Kirby back at you or whatever it's called. Yeah. And yeah. then read every episode title like Troy McClure. It's the most fun <laughs> you will have all day long. <laughs> Is it like uh, uh, ever be from yeah. Happy Snack Attack? <laughs> they, they do the, the two-phrase structure. Yes. I was going to say, do they? Do they do that? Yeah, like, they, like tons of episodes are titled like, or Day-to-Day's Counter-Attack, Kirby <laughs> Fights Back. Yes, Karate Ninja Baby Seals. <laughs> Okay, we'll do that uh, when the when the show's over. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, I, I thought the Street Fighter movie was pretty good. Uh, you know, the the first anime. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Although you know, in nineteen ninety, I want to say six, I rented the VHS of that and um, ended up getting the uncensored version, not realizing it, and Ooh. got to the part where uh, all of a sudden Chun Li's in the shower, and I'm like, I can't decide if this is the best or worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> conflicting emotions. It was very conflicting. Well, so I decided best. We have Hal 9K who's asking us, what is the number one retro game on your backlog? A classic that you never gotten around to or tried back in the day but never completed? And that is from Hal 9K. Anyone have anything for this one? I've got a few. Planescape Torment. Ooh, that's actually one of mine too. I, I need to play that. I really do and I really want to. I heard but that my God, it's like 100 episode. hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't really a valid <laughs> participant in that one. I barely mine was. Mine is super lame. Um, I, I, up until Twilight Princess, I'd finished every Zelda on consoles and except Majora's Mask. Uh, bought a new 3DS, got the new Zelda, uh, Majora's Mask remake, got completely sucked into it, and the same day I also had a copy of Monster Hunter. And guess which one won? Uh, uh, I see. <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter won, and I've never finished Majora. It's been on my back backlog for 20 years now. I'm now you can play the 3DS one. Which I liked. Town. I, I did. I played it for about five hours, and I liked it. Quite oh, nice! A bit. That's good to hear. Uh, it's it's it is impossible if you're not reading a guide. I can't, I don't have the patience for that. They made it. There are hints everywhere now. Yeah. So that can help you. Uh, Ray, what do you got? Yeah, I don't know. I think I focused too much on the number one part, but mm. uh, I was struggling. I guess uh, Zoda's Revenge. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. I've not I've not played. Plus, like chapter one of that game. I yeah. finished it. I, I one shot. I, I fell in love with Star Tropics for like a week, and then <laughs> and then immediately jumped into Zoda. Yeah. Was uh, this last week? No, no. <laughs> okay. This is uh, this is in the very like when I first got a car. Like I, someone asked, "When did you start being a games enthusiast?" The second I got a car and a job, like all I would <laughs> yeah. do is just dump things on old game, dump money uh, on old yeah. games. I'm gonna say uh, if you go back to our fan translation episode, most mm-hmm. of those games on oh, that sure. list. Yes. Uh, yeah, I really want to play like Wonder Project J, Wonder Project J2. I want to play uh, Portopia. Oh, I need to play Seiken Densets 3. I, that's, that's a big I gap did that one. I did that one. I need to play Sucky Den. Drive too. a truck through that gap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I did play Sucky Den. 
uh, one and two. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else. Basically, any like 16 or 32 bit RPG that gets fan translated, and there's been a bunch of them lately. I see them and I'm like, I don't have 40 hours. I can't oh, do yeah. this. Earthbound. Like, Earthbound. Yeah, I got to do Earthbound. Oh, you should do. You'd like it, Chris. I know. It's I, great. I. I, I I tweeted a picture when it came to Virtual Console, and you said the exact same thing. Like, keep playing, keep going, you'll like it. (laughs) (laughs) And now look where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have one from Ian, and uh, it actually goes out to Ray. He wants to know, like, what made the Xbox fail in Japan? What are the chances of a non-Japanese console ever getting a foothold? And that's from Ian. Ray, do you have anything for this? You wrote that uh, Xbox Japanese games issue of Scroll. Which one was that? Four. Four. Now it's still on sale, right? Yes, of course, indefinitely. Indefinitely. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he, I, but he said he read the book, so I'm like, read the book? He I don't wants, know what to he, say. He wants a follow-up. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> is it? Is it well, just... Have, um, ever since the Xbox was introduced, console sales have been declining in Japan. That, that's, that's part of it, for sure. The Xbox failed because of a massive uh, deficit in both marketing strength and you know, cultural <laughs> notoriety. Mm. Because, you, of course, when you bring out a giant black brick from America, they're not going to take that well to it. And when it also only has a bunch of first-person shooters, of course you're only going to appeal to the uh, Western game otaku who give a crap about but it they, or expats. But they got Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey, right? Well, they don't care about Madden and Osaka. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, I was talking about the Xbox One, oh, the original I'm Xbox. Oh, you're right. Okay. That's a yeah, confusing yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That, that, no wonder I'm lost. There's like two Xbox Ones. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I wrote about was the original Xbox. And mm. the Xbox 360 did have better support but apparently sold much worse. So mm. <laughs> It's that funny was, that, that um, Chris mentioned Madden. I think Madden just gets released unlocalized in Japan for like the five for people the, who want to – The last two years punish. of the original Xbox, that I believe Madden was the only game released uh, during its lifespan. Wow. For two years, so there's one game released a year, and it was for Madden. like the one place. for like 07. Like yeah. 07. so again, I mean, if you read the magazine, there's a bit about there about the World Collection, which was Microsoft mm-hmm. doing exactly what you just said, Bob, which was releasing games unlocalized from America. So yeah. it would be like Outlaw Golf coming to Japan, oh, Outlaw uh, Golf, Simpsons hey. uh, Road Rage, and be like Dave Attell Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? He's at the light. Uh, I'd watch that. So Explicit Baron wants to know, uh, there has been no competition in the home console market since 2001 when Sega withdrew from the market. Do you think there will ever be a new substantial competitor to the big three? And that's from Explicit Baron. Who wants to field this one? I've got an answer, but it could be too glib and snarky. Oh, well. <laughs> no, console games are dying. I, I think some console people don't want to be doing this anymore, to yeah. be honest. Uh, that's just the sense I get from some uh, from some like companies. They're just yeah. like, oh, I guess we have to keep doing this. We should never have announced something new. And the ones who think there might be something in it are releasing these smart boxes. So yeah. you yeah. have mm-hmm. these this pile of rectangular things that have... <laughs> yeah, I mean... I I don't want to pick on um, Microsoft, but, I mean, the writing's on the wall for how much they care about the video game portion of their of their company. I, I'm sure it sounded like a great idea in 2001, but I, now it's I like we're argue, stuck with this. I right? would actually say in, on, on Microsoft's defense, like, there is no justification for a uh, console anymore just because it's what we're comfortable with. It's it's glorified copyright. Protection. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. The Like, the least profitable thing to do today seems to be to make a AAA game. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many other ways to make money that are better. On a closed box. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Jeremy, do you have anything to say about this? Well, like, how do you feel? I don't know. I feel like a newcomer getting into the uh, console market right now is kind of like a uh, a new publishing label getting into the eight track market in about 1980. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, hey, some people still buy those. It's but boutique. That's not really where it's going. It's like uh, well, maybe. I, I also I I don't know much about the economy 
but my perception of it has changed so you much. You say a lot about it. <laughs> but, but, like, but imagine, like, would somebody start a car company tomorrow? Yeah. Well, doesn't that sound like idiocy? You mean Elon Musk? Uh, d- he, well, yes, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's a better example. Those cars are going to drive Do you consider him around. an idiot? Some but, people do. No, no, but, I mean, like, it seems like a foolish investment. So I'm going to start a TV company tomorrow. You're an idiot. No one would advise you to go up against these, like, longstanding businesses. I don't know if any new businesses will ever start, to be totally honest. Yeah. Again, poor perception of the economy. But, uh... Uh, yeah, I feel like Jeremy had an analogy. Mine is like, um, it's like, it's like you go to a party like at three in the morning. The cops have broken it up. You show up with pizza and be like, "Hey guys, who wants some pizza?" And it's like everyone has already gone home. That's what it feels like to me. In like, regards to the question, I think someone just wants Sega to come back. I think so. I mean, we all want to in our hearts. I, I mean, as, they're gonna they're if, gonna break out of that mobile market they've put themselves into. And, as as disgusted as I am of being the new baby boomer generation, you go walk into an Urban Outfitters. And look at their vinyl section and then realize they're the biggest physical vinyl retailer in the world, uh, or in, in the country at least. Uh, and they also sell games and retro systems. Maybe there's a market for that. Like maybe we're kitsch. Maybe game my, the games I oh, love yeah. are now the Flintstones for my generation. Yeah, you can buy Retron 5 at yeah. like Barnes & Noble. Yeah. So I, <laughs> That's funny. It'll still be out there. I'm not worried about retro. You can't games. buy games for it, but you can buy the right. system. Yeah. You can hardly buy books at Barnes and Noble anymore. I went yeah. to the store once, and it's like, oh, it's all toys and board games and stuffed animals. It's like the books are in the oh back. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, who reads books anymore? Mm-hmm. God, get out of here. I do, but on an iPad. Mm, me too. Uh, so Victor wants to know, and I find this is uh, we have a few minutes left, so we're going to wrap up these questions real quick. But he wants to know: uh, Should YouTube critics, and he has critics in quotes. In the vein of Jean Tron, Angry Video Game Nerd, and the Nostalgia Critic, be considered critics or just entertainers? Entertainers. Racist entertainers. <laughs> I find they could be a mix of both, but it's very easy to fall behind the I'm just an entertainer if someone criticizes you. And even people like Jon Stewart have done that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it, it – I do it all the time. But here's Chris the thing. has done it. <laughs> Jon Stewart is, all, is also not a huge sellout on a daily basis. Oh, man. <laughs> Ray, please, please – uh, You can't – I mean, Jesus Christ. If we're going to talk about – Critics and ethics and all that shit. Like, yeah, you have to be an entertainer if you're going to accept money for promotions. Pretty much, yeah. And, I mean, it is a very lucrative business. If you get popular, publishers will come to you with money, lots of it, and they will ask you to play their games. That's why there have been six Five Nights at Freddy's, right, Chris? Oh, man. Sony (laughs) needs to go to PewDiePie and say, can you please scream about Echo Knight? Uh Oh, boy. That game game would sell better on PSN than it did in a Just drive up the Swedish Brinks truck. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I know. I know, man. Yeah, I, I I think there are definitely some talented critics on YouTube and they are critics and that's great. But yeah, there are a lot of people who um, are perfectly happy to be just entertainers and uh, that's fine yeah. too. The example's in the question for sure. Yeah, that, that and I, but I, oh, I like pointing out, I don't want to sound like an old man. If you go to E3, you're going to have a hard time if you don't think YouTubers are professional people because yeah. that's all E3 is now. Well, it, depends, it depends on the the games especially like mm-hmm. sports games call of duty i mean yeah, the, I don't the publishers the give priority to the youtubers yeah. over us mm-hmm. because we're we're jackasses who may or may not like their games i want to write YouTubers, about this once <laughs> youtubers love their games yes. unless you know they make a change to like the way guns reload oh, in which case mm-hmm. open season on their families i've like got that. a 20 minute rant part 1 of 8 <laughs> you should it's another in. broken game <laughs> <laughs> so let's do one more question and then we'll wrap up and it's I think it's a good one uh, Sean Mark asks do you think people will be collecting games from current generations of consoles in 10 years time many games on disc barely work without patches which may be impossible to get once online services retire publishers phased out instruction booklets will game collecting become box art collecting and not much more yes. and yeah I mean I think I, this is probably the last generation of boxed 
games. I, People are already collecting this generation of games. Yeah. The uh, 3DS physical releases of Ocarina of Time, Cave Story 3D, mm-hmm. like... I recently sold off my boxed copies of those Ooh. because they were worth twice as much as I paid. That could be the future. Just everything is digital but the collector's editions, and they will be like the physical things because people will pay way, way past the profit margin to get their hands on those. Yeah. You know? Well, people will collect anything. Yeah, for sure. I Including mean, their own urine. And <laughs> I, I don't know if that makes Gamers any... are especially prone to that. They are. They, the urine, too. Uh, it's the only thing they have in common with Howard Hughes. Yeah. Uh, I'd, Game of the urine edition. I had to stop. I'd rather collect experiences than crap at this point. I mean, this is from someone with more than one toy representing Jim Henson's dinosaurs in my house that I have to step over every day. I had to go to 7-Eleven today because I, my wallet has Spider-Man on it, and it fell down in my messy room and is now camouflaged. Oh, I cannot see what I cannot find Look my Look under Baby Sinclair, This is what Chris. a life of collecting will do for you. No, I have Charlene, the Burger King toy. When you press the button, she oh, puts man. a phone to her head. It's amazing. What a classic character Charlene was. Don't be like me is what I'm saying. I, yes, I have two copies of Bubba see in the shrink wrap. It was funny at wow. the time and now it's a giant mess. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> lesson for today's episode. Don't be like Chris Antista. Don't be like me. Chris. I like Chris, but if he wants to put that message out there, I'll, I'll, I'll broadcast a signal. Don't be like me. This episode brought to you by Chris. Cautionary <laughs> I should, warning. I shouldn't. Cautionary say, example. I say kids, but like, I, I know most of the people, they sound like they're about my age from all this. Uh, yeah. So I take that back. <laughs> yeah. We're all children at heart, though. Yeah. So I'd say don't, one, don't collect. But we had I've talked a lot about this because I'm like, well, yeah, but digital games don't digital games. If this thing goes down, it's gone forever. I'm like, dude, that shit's data. It's never going away. I mean, I'm sure people thought when this game company went down, that game's gone forever. Nothing is gone forever as long as there's a fan base. Yeah. Uh, not at all. Like, Whether you get it legally or not, that's another yeah, question. Yo, but it'll always but, be around. Yeah, right? it'll always be around because like you can't get. You, I don't think you legally can't play NES games on an NES. Like your your user license has run out. Uh, like so, so don't illegal. worry about legality. Things you like will be preserved as long as the fandom is alive. Yeah, I think we will do a job that the people who want to make money will not be doing. Yeah. Um, People more industrious than me, though. <laughs> so let's wrap up. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitch.tv as Retronauts. And we're also on YouTube. Uh, so check out our stuff there. I should be streaming more in the future. So hopefully you guys will enjoy that. And also go to our blog for all kinds of great extra stuff. And that's where we posted this this uh, this prompt for your questions. So if you missed that, make sure you check out our blog. And also US Gamer, because Jeremy and I work there. And we want to stay working there. And we like the site a lot. At least I do. I don't know about Jeremy. It's, it's like the only site I, I deliberately check. I don't mean to slam every other video. <laughs> no, please do. But like type in the better. URL and not just follow a Facebook. At least out of the ones that actually cover only games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the last. So also, we have t-shirts available on Fangamer. Please get some of those. They're really attractive, and um, I think they would look good on anybody because they're a glorious, uh, what is it, orange color? Mm. Is it like bright orange? Yeah. yeah. Fat kids, skinny it's, uh, kids. It's, it's rust orange. <laughs> Next year, we're doing uh, avocado and harvest gold. Yes. And like, baby diarrhea, yuck. <laughs> yuck. Like, like Ray said, oh, sorry. Like Ray said, they're for fat kids, skinny kids, but we do not endorse climbing on rocks. No. So please don't do that. Um, also, please keep the reviews coming. Uh, they've been helping the show a lot and give us five stars. Tell us what you think, and it helps reviews. us our ranking. What context. Oh, iTunes reviews. Sorry. Oh. Yes, yes. Go to the iTunes Music Store and just tell us what you think. Make sure it's good because we want to rise to the ranks and defeat whoever's number above us. I don't know who that is, but the rankings are weird. It's always Giant Bomb and Rooster Teeth. That's true. (laughs) What about that Minecraft Minute thing? I don't know. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. 
So, okay, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash retronauts. That's how the show is funded. That's how Jeremy flies out here. That's how we pay for and replace our equipment all the time. So please, if you can give a buck a month, that's not asking a lot, and you'll be able to support the show. We can stay in business, as it were. We're not really making a profit, so it's not really a business, but uh, we want to we keep making oh, these like things. it's like a startup. Yeah, I guess so. We're, at, we're, at, we're tech. We need to get some venture capital. We make money in year 20, Jeremy, and that's when the, the cars and the women and the, the penthouses come in, I think. Yeah. We're almost halfway there. Yes. Long tail. I like him. So contact info. I am Bob Servo on Twitter, and please read my stuff at US Gamer and Something Awful. Uh, Ray. I am RDBAAA on Twitter, and uh, since we danced around a lot this episode, I also do a video game history magazine, or did, called Scroll, scroll.vg. I and recommend like I the said, Jellico issue. Yes, yes you usually more, do. You needed more city connection information. Yeah, always. Uh, and like I said, they will be sold indefinitely, even though I don't make it. Anymore. Cool. How about you, Chris? Where you where do you come from? Ah, uh, Cantis on Twitter, but I do something every day over there at Laser Time, the Laser Time Network. Uh, that's on YouTube, but LaserTimePodcast.com. We stream every uh, Tuesday at three o'clock uh, Pacific time. Usually something retro, unless Dave can talk me out of it with something new. <laughs> it does happen occasionally, but we do a podcast every week. Uh, we and we're on Spotify now. And uh, we should have a Patreon by the time you hear that, patreon.com slash lasertime. Uh, but, yeah, what are, what are some previous episodes I liked of Laser Time? I try and write. We're a pop culture show. We've celebrated David Letterman leaving. We have celebrated gross toys of the 80s and 90s, slime, snot, puke-based toys. Uh, and Bad Beatles covers. That was probably one of my favorite episodes of the year. I enjoyed the top 10 best and worst animated features. Yes, and we did one with superhero films too, so people can stop whining about Man of Steel and Spider-Man 3. No, <laughs> no, no. These are the worst superhero films. No one ever mentions uh, Elektra anymore. Catwoman sucks. Jeremy. I'm GameSpite on Twitter. You can find me at, of course, usgamer.net. And then there's my stupid little boutique project, GameBoyWorld.com, and some other stuff. So that's it from all of us. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Retronauts Micro. Take it easy, everyone. Put a sound clip in. <laughs> I know what clip it is, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what yeah. clip this is. Man, let me turn myself down here. Talk to the audience. Uh, this is always death. <laughs>